Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the I Got Ask podcast. What? Another episode already, Daryl? Yeah, another episode already. Uh, it's only been about uh, two and a bit weeks, I think, since the last episode dropped, and uh, I'm actually having really good success getting uh, guests lined up right now. So I think I'm going to have enough uh, enough people on the horizon here to have uh, one episode out every two weeks for the next little while anyway, which is, uh, which is awesome. Um, if you're a new listener, my name is Daryl Oliveira. I am the host of this program, and uh, this is a show where I talk to mostly friends of mine that I think are doing some pretty cool things, but uh, as of late, I've been lining up some people that are, are people I've never met before, which is exciting for me, um, and hopefully the things they're doing are, are cool to you as a listener as well, and that's why you're here. Um, returning listeners, thank you so much for being with us again. Uh, I love anybody that's that's been listening to the show consistently, and if that's you, thank you so much. Um, just uh, just clicking uh, on the show and downloading it, and listening to it is uh, is huge for me. So every listen counts. I thank you very much if if you're returning um, every every episode. So thanks again. Um, today's guest was uh, extra special to me because this was the first uh, guest I've had that I've never I've never spoken to in person, never outside of DMs on Instagram, had never heard the guy's uh, uh, voice directed directly at me. Um, and so it was awesome to speak to him. It was a bit of a surreal moment because I've been watching this guy's videos for a long time. Uh, he's, a, he's a YouTube guy. Um, and his name is Sam Cavero. And he is uh, of the Instagram account and YouTube channel, or maybe YouTube channel slash Instagram account, 90s Punk Rock Covers. Uh, Sam does amazing work on his channel, and I was so happy that he agreed to be a guest on the show. Um, he did it almost immediately. I, I asked him, and he was just right on board with it, so I uh, couldn't have asked for a better reply, and, and it was great. Um, I'm a big fan of what he's doing on that channel, too. I, I'm, a, I'm a pop punk fan, and he's uh, in the same boat as me um, that way. He, he loves uh, pop punk, and so he does a lot of these covers, and they're great, man. And, and not only are the are the uh, song selections great, but his, his video um, recording and editing skills are amazing. His photography is amazing. Sam's a great guy. Uh, it was just fantastic to talk to. I think he... He and I were both a little bit nervous, having never had a conversation outside of DMs before. But, um, you know, like most guests, Sam was also afraid of maybe being able to fill the two hours that I'd laid out for the show. But as always, the time just flew by. And, uh, you know, by the end, we, we could have easily talked for another two hours. We have, we have so much in common. Uh, he's easy to talk to. We have, like I said, we have way more in common than I could have ever imagined. Uh, and you guys will hear about it on the episode, um, during which we talk about um, how Sam got the channel started, um, him moving to a new country when he was young and growing up in South Florida, uh, his amazing collection of guitars and amps. They're just, they blow my mind, some of the stuff he's got in his collection. Um, his photography uh, photography and techniques that he uses for for that kind of stuff, and just a bunch more, bunch more uh conversation topic. So um, I hope you guys really enjoy it. Once again, thank you, Sam, if, if you're listening. Uh, you're an absolute great guy. I really hope we get to talk again soon because I had a really good time. Uh, and I hope you guys all enjoy the episode. Uh, so please like and share the episode uh, to help keep me motivated to get more of these out. Um, you can email feedback to me at igapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, good or bad. If you, if, if you like something or if you don't like something, just reach out. Um, you know, no hurt feelings. Just I'd like to hear what you guys think about uh, how the show has been going so far. And stay tuned because I have some great guests lined up for April and May who I think you guys will really enjoy. So uh, keep tuning in and seeing who's in, who's uh, next in line here. Um, I never could have imagined when I started uh, this podcast some of the guests that I would have lined up to be speaking to. Um, I've just reached out to some people that I didn't even think would reply and they've, uh, they've actually been um, agreeing to do the show pending some 
some approvals from some uh, some other places. So uh, look forward to those episodes myself, and I hope you guys will enjoy them as well. Uh, again, if you like what you hear, I always say this at the end of the show, but um, I'll say it again at the top here just, just to try to reiterate it to you as much as I can. Um, if you like what you hear, tell your friends. Uh, tell me via Instagram or the Facebook page or the podcast email. Um, and, uh, you know, keep spreading the word around and keep hitting those, uh, those like buttons so that I can, I can see those engagements and, uh, stay motivated to keep doing this. And again, like I said, look for episodes every two weeks for at least the next couple of months. Um, and hopefully I can continue to do it every two weeks into the summer and we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Let's, uh, roll the intro music. Please enjoy my conversation with Sam Cavetto of 90s Punk Rock Covers. Rock and rolling, yeah. <laughs> Sam, how do you say your last name? Cavero? Cavero, Cavero, Cavero. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm Portuguese, so I'm I I can roll oh, those nice. R's. My wife can't do that, but I can roll those R's. Oh, nice. I got some Portuguese <laughs> blood too. Oh, in do my, you? In my family, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Great, great grandfather, yeah. Oh, cool. So cool. yeah, uh huh. Well, thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Like, I know we were talking a little bit here before we started, but uh, it's awesome when anyone that's not a personal friend of mine <laughs> wants to be on the show. It's it feels really good. I've talked to a couple of people now. Uh, I won't say who. I kind of want to keep them a little bit secret for um, before I release them. But uh, I'm really mm-hmm. excited about who's coming on. So, and I'm, and I was super excited to be talking to you. Like I said before, it's nice to be looking at your face actually speaking directly to me instead of just watching a YouTube video. Watching the video. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm super, super pumped to be here. Uh, thanks a lot, Daryl, for inviting me. Yeah, uh, no problem. Like I, like I said earlier, you know, I love, uh, you know, chatting about the music, the genre uh, and, you know, gear. So it's, uh, it's super, super happy. I'm super happy to be here. So awesome. thanks a lot again. Awesome. Yes. That's exciting. All right, Sam. So for those of you that don't know who you are, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell everybody what you do with the 90s punk rock covers? Okay, so my name is Samuel Sam Cavero, and I have a YouTube channel called 90s Punk Rock Covers. And basically, uh, the whole idea of the channel was to create a, uh, you know, pay homage to some of the bands that I grew up listening to in the 90s. I mean, there's, as you probably know, there's so many great bands and great songs of that era. So I always wanted to more or less do something similar to this. Uh, but for some reason, like I always like held it back or, you know, wasn't sure if I should do it or whatever. And one, one year I said, you know, I mean, I'm not playing in a band right now. I'm not doing anything else. So why not just do what I've kind of always wanted to do for many years? So I just went ahead and, and recorded my first video. And, you know, from from that point on, it's been almost three and a half years since the channel's been running. So I put a lot of work in it. But uh, but yeah, going back to what the channel is about, basically, you know, uh, you know, pay, pay tribute to those bands and and do playthroughs of talk guitar playthroughs of some of their some of the songs that I really like, uh, as well as taking you know uh, requests from people that want to you know specific songs. So uh, yeah, that's basically the the whole concept of the, of the channel. Um, so like I said, it's it's been going great. I mean, I, I have really good feedback, positive feedback from people. A lot of people that uh, have even told me that. My, my videos have inspired them to pick up the guitar again and, and play or or discovering bands that they had never heard of before. So uh, I guess some really positive and good messages and that kind of keeps me going and, and you know, to do this thing. Because it, it's a lot of work, you know? I mean, oh, yeah. 
it might it might look simple it's just playing a song but it, there's a lot to there's a lot of it involved just as you probably know with your podcast and everything it's oh, yeah. uh, it's not it's not that easy you know but oh, oh, but I'm, I'm happy my my podcast is i know it's way easier than what you're doing it's so funny that you're <laughs> that you're hitting on all those you're hitting on things that i uh, i was going to ask you um about and it's so funny that like i have I'm uh, like somehow my brain has captured what your what your viewers have already told you. So of course, mm-hmm. I know there's a ton of work that goes into it. I'm going to ask you a lot about that uh, here in, over the next few minutes. Nice. Here, um, you know, from all those like multiple angles and and the, even the color grading. To, you know, I can tell you're doing post work and it looks awesome. Right. So, so I'm going to ask you about all that uh, coming up in a few minutes. But it's really funny that um, that you said people have have. Uh, you've inspired them to pick up the guitar because I've actually done that. I, and same with the band thing. Like you said that you, people have been rediscovering bands or discovering bands they've not known about. And mm-hmm. that's absolutely what, what I've been using your channel for. All of a sudden you'll post a band that I maybe have heard the name of, but I never really was like into, I may have heard right. one or two and I'm like, that's a fucking great song. And then I go and I grab the guitar and I learn a little bit of it. And, uh, it's just, it's amazing. I I'm the same way. I'm a fanboy of yours for sure, because I'm oh, thank you. all those things that you just mentioned are all things that I've thought about. So the, that's amazing. That's, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, man. It's excellent. I, I love your channel. And, uh, honestly, I, f- I found you through the YouTube first or the mm-hmm. uh, Instagram first. I'm sorry. Did you, what came first, the Instagram or the, or the, the YouTube channel? The, well, I mean, yeah, the YouTube channel was the first thing, was it? uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've always, to be honest with you, my my biggest passion is always in photography. I've you know been you know doing fo- I mean taking photos for many years now. Uh, it's always been like a, a a real passion or hobby type thing of mine. Mm-hmm. So when I when I when I um, toyed with the idea of the channel, like I was I was like I want to implement a lot of the things that I've learned in photography into the channel. Uh, like you mentioned, the angles and all the stuff, uh, the color grading and everything. Uh, kind of like. I just don't want to have like a channel, just me playing guitar and, you know, simple. I wanted it to be a little bit more special, kind of like stand out. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's a lot of great channels out there that, that do the things that I do. I'm not the only one, but mm-hmm. I wanted to put a lot of uh, uh, quality into the post-production and everything like that. So the channel came in first, but, all, but thanks to the photography is what kind of like helped me, mm-hmm. you know, honed in the whole look and aesthetics of the video. So yeah. the channel came in first and then the Instagram account followed. Um, the Instagram account, it's, it's a little bit different. It's not really, uh, I mean, it, it's cohesive to the whole idea, but more, more of a personal kind of like uh, portfolio type mm-hmm, thing of mm-hmm. photos that I do. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Yeah. Your photography work is amazing, man. Like I'm super impressed with like, even though like the low light stuff you, you t- and we'll touch on that in a little bit. I'm going to ask you a bunch of f- photography questions about relating to Sweet. Leica. Cause I know you're a big Leica, Leica fan. And, uh, yes. But some of those low light photos you take, like even of just your cats, you know what I mean? Like just in and around <laughs> your gear. I'm like, how does he capture this so sharp with the amount of light that he has? And it's like, it's insane. I love it. And they look yeah, fantastic. It, it's, <laughs> thank you. No, it's, it's, it's a little difficult, especially in, I, don't, well, I mean, in, in this room, I get some nice light. Most mm-hmm. of the pictures that I take are actually in this room. This is kind of like my office studio type thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but sometimes it's difficult because the light doesn't, it's not direct. So I have to like play with the shadows or, you know, uh, I usually shoot my lenses pretty wide open. So like yeah. the lowest aperture, uh, you know, to get, get the most light that I can and, right. you know, ISO and things like that. I mean, if you're familiar with photography, you'll probably yep. understand what I'm saying. But, yep. uh, but yeah, yeah. So it, it's a little tricky. I've been using flashes uh, as of late. Oh, really? Uh, in some shots. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you see the the little yep. grid in the back, the, uh, the softbox. Yep, yep. I've been using that for some of the shots. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little tricky sometimes with the, with the light. We have a lot of shadows here in Florida. Yeah. By the way, I'm, I'm, I live in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forgot to say that in my introduction, but, yeah. um, uh, it, we, we get a lot of like weird weather. Like it, sometimes it's really sunny. Sometimes it's like super cloudy. Yeah. Sometimes it's like super gray. We get a lot of rain. So it's, it's a little difficult to play with natural light sometimes in yeah. this scenario, for example. Yeah. And not that I'm, you know, trying to like, I'm not going to say where you live. I don't want to get too, too personal on the pot. It's not that I have a huge reach, but I don't, <laughs> I don't really want to <laughs> no, put it a... out there and, and, and sell you out that way. But, uh, <laughs> I lived, I, I think I told you yesterday when we were chatting mm-hmm. uh, through the IG messages that I lived in the same city that you do, but I actually lied to you. I got thinking about it in my, my memory, of course, like my memory is terrible. I like to think that my memory is oh, me too. Me too. bad. Uh, yeah, I actually lived in Boca Raton for, um, mm. For six months okay. when I was like okay, yeah. five, five or six years old, we spent okay. a Christmas there. We spent an entire, almost an entire winter. Well, it nice. was an entire winter and uh, man, it was beautiful. But I know exactly what you mean about that weather, man. Because like some mornings I'd get up and like go for a swim in like December, mm-hmm. which was like mm-hmm. mind blowing having lived in Canada up until that point and having all the winters. And, yeah. uh, and then other days it would like be cloudy and then it would piss rain for like oh yeah for, but only just, for like 20 it, minutes just like this yeah yeah and then gone yeah. Boom, full sun again i was like mm-hmm. this is beautiful yeah, yeah no it's uh it's it's super weird i mean i mean a lot of people love the the, the south florida or the you know florida weather but i'm not the biggest fan like i, I like a little bit of cold so really uh, unfortunately yeah, yeah yeah i love i love cold weather did you grow up um, in florida but, though no, no. I, I was actually born in Caracas, Venezuela, so oh, okay. in South America. Yeah. And uh, my parents uh, migrated uh, to the U.S. in '92. Okay. So I actually, but was you know partially raised in Miami. Okay. So down south from yep. from where I am right yep. now. Yeah, yeah. I'm in I'm in Fort Lauderdale, so yeah. Uh, it's it's about a probably 45 minutes from Miami. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, so I grew up in Miami and uh, recently moved to you know north here in, in Fort Lauderdale. Well, after I married my wife, uh, yep. so that was like uh, fifteen, no, twelve years ago. Oh wow! So yeah, so it's 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 been a while. You know, it, it's it's not any different than Miami. It's just yeah. Uh, yeah. just a different kind of like Miami's more you know like but I wouldn't say diverse, but like it's more, more like party thing yeah, and party clubbing thing. and South Beach and all that. Here's a little bit more suburban. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little totally. bit. So yeah, how far so. how far is Boca Raton from where you are then? Uh, not that far. It's probably about another 45 minutes, yeah. I think. Yeah. So I yeah. remember we went to, we went to Miami beach one day right? and it was like a good hour drive from where we were, if I remember yeah. correctly. I mean, from, again, from Boca. Yeah. yeah from Boca is yeah. probably about an hour and yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah. And it did feel like that. Like we were in, we were in Miami just for the day and for the evening, like into the night we had dinner there. And it, like, I know I was just a little kid, but like I have these vivid memories of how, how much it like, even to me at that age, how much it felt like a party city. You know what I mean? Compared yeah. to where we were living in Boca, like we were living with a family right. that is friends with my parents and okay. uh, it was such a quiet, like we lived on a cul-de-sac, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like this quiet little community and then we go to Miami oh, yeah. and it's this vibrant, like, you know what I mean? Just completely yeah, different. Yeah, neon, neon lights and yeah. uh, art deco stuff in Miami Beach. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, Bo- Boca, it's, com- I mean, Bo- uh, you will say like where I'm at right now, it's similar to like Boca, Boca Raton kind of like vibe, you know what I mean? Very, yeah. very yeah. suburban-like and yeah, I mean, we have that, we have a downtown and, uh, you know, you know, stuff, but it's not, it's not like it is in Miami, which yeah. you have a little more, more diversity of, of places and things like that. But. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So sorry, did I miss it? How old were you when you moved to Florida? 12? I was, I was about 12. 12? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm 40. So I turned okay. 40, 40 last year. In okay. October, well, we're, so we're close in age and I'm 39. I just turned 39. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, 
So did you, you must have come, like, I always ask everybody that comes on that's involved in the punk community in some way, uh, or, mm-hmm. punk, or if they listen to punk rock, how they got into punk. So was there, was there a pretty good scene where you were, I mean, did Miami have a punk scene when you were a teenager growing up? I mean, we did. Uh, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was as big as other cities like up north in New York or even yeah. west in California right. uh, uh, or, or even the Midwest uh, nowadays, you know, but um sure. We did have a we did have a good local scene. The the, the issue I've always um, you know uh, I guess we'll say is that we uh, in Miami we're very kind of like bandwagonish kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, like we we jump into one thing and then we kind of like it and then we move on to another. So we're we're kind of like a a moving passing city in, right. in the sense of, of of trends and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even though we did have a a, a pretty solid punk community down in uh, in miami uh, it wasn't like i said as strong as you know other other cities right in the u.s you know oh for sure yeah uh, right but but i mean yeah with this one i mean one of the the biggest bands i will say that came out of this newfound glory i mean yeah uh, yeah you know, from, from from the punk rock like down south uh, mm-hmm. uh even though they were a little bit north they were kind of like where i'm at right now in, in yeah. Colorado, but right but they played a lot of shows down south and i caught them a couple of times when you know when they were kids you know right they were they're basically our age so yeah yeah um, you know, Lesson Jake, they're from Gainesville, a uh, very famous Scott, Scott punk band. Sure. Um, you know, so, but, but as far as local, local scenes, I mean, there were some really great bands, uh, when I was growing up and yeah. they just, you know, they kind of like got to a point, but they never, never fulfilled probably that dream or whatever that, of hitting a big, like other, other bands out right. there, you know? But there was there were some really good bands. What about Yellow Card? Cause I know they're for, I think they're from Jacksonville, right? Which is yeah. quite a bit more North than where you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they're from Jacksonville. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah that's another another great band, um, you know, that that came came from the state. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of a lot a lot of other bands that I that yeah. I'm not oh, thinking about. <laughs> I'm sure of it. But, like, but those three, I think, were you know possibly one of the biggest uh, acts. You know, yeah, totally. Hot Water Music. I think they're from. They're also from up north. Oh, really? Uh, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, I think they're is it Jacksonville too, or. I'm not sure, but I, I think they're from northern northern Florida as well. So did you get to see, an amazing band. Did you get to see a lot of these bands play then, like down in Miami, like or do they they must have stopped in Miami on their tour? Oh yeah, yeah. No, we we I mean we we uh, as far as like other bands that are are from out of the state, uh, we we have a you know we've always had really good shows. Uh, you know, obviously Warp Tour was one of the, the biggest yeah. ones that were sure where where I first got my my experience of seeing like so many bands at once. You yeah, know what I mean? Me too. Uh, I think it was the, uh, my first war tour was probably 97, which to me was like the best war tour ever. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it was like packed of all the best bands you could think of in the nineties, you know, face to face, for an aim, MXPX, um, uh, the descendants actually played that show. I remember seeing them live for the first time. Like when, when else would I be able to see them, you know? Yeah. Uh, cause I think they had broken up and then in the mid nineties, I think they, they came up with a new album and, and they were touring and I'm like, wow. I mean, the descendants. I mean, they're legends. It was like yeah. Ramones, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So, so, so yeah, I mean, we, we had like a lot of local shows, uh, obviously local bands, but we also had like the bigger acts stopping by in, in Miami or a lot of it was here in the Northern, I mean, the Northern part of Miami, mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. which is where I live. So right. a lot of different clubs and stuff like that. So I got to see a lot of, a lot of bands growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Warp Tour is like, it's amazing. Cause like the, I was, I recently spoke to, a. A guy that's in a band uh, close to here, his name's Davey Knight. He's in a band called Dead Cemetery who, that are from Toronto. And okay. um, 
he said the same thing. Like Warp Tour is such an eye opener. You get to see all these amazing bands. Sometimes you've never mm. even heard of them, right? right. You see them play, and you're like, "Wow, who the fuck is this band?" And then all of a sudden, yeah. you discover your new favorite band. You know, like exactly. my, one of my favorite bands. Like I just spoke to Brad Casterin for a second time from the band Somehow Hollow and Grade, and I found out about Somehow Hollow just from being at a Warp Tour where somebody was passing out those like little compilation de- it's almost like a compilation yeah. demo like it had oh, like I used to love those. eight songs or something on it and they just give it to right. you for free here take this right and i yeah, didn't like yeah. any of the songs on it except for the one and they became like one of my favorite bands ever and they still that's awesome and that's awesome unbeknownst to me they lived uh 30 minutes up the road from me i didn't even know they were Canadian. <laughs> and then i became wow. friends with them which is insane like talk about that's surreal, surreal moments you know what i mean Oh yeah, I, I I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I used to love I used to love those sampler CDs that they oh. they would pass on the little booths and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so discover a lot of bands that way. Yeah, fucking yeah. I mean, yeah. I, me too. Obviously, obviously, like back then, you know, we we weren't as lucky as some of the kids nowadays that oh. they had internet and you know Spotify and that that's how I discovered bands nowadays. Really, like Spotify. They they just kind of like have a random playlist and sometimes they throw in like oh artists you might like and yeah they throw a new band I'm like oh wow shit that sounds good you know sometimes that backfires though because I was driving down the road and they suggested Spotify suggested a band called Zebrahead to me and I and I they played a, oh yeah I know <laughs> Zebrahead yeah. song and I was like hey this song's okay and then I went back and listened to some more and I was like ooh this is not no no you think. <laughs> No. I actually, I actually, <laughs> I actually covered uh, a Zebra Head song. Oh, did you? It was a request. Yeah. Nice. It, it was a good song too. Yeah. The, the one I heard wasn't bad. Like, to be honest with yeah. you, it wasn't bad. But then what I did was, I, maybe I did it the wrong way, but I went to YouTube. So I ended up listening more with maybe my eyes than my, than my ears. Right. And so I saw yeah. kind of how they were behaving in their videos and hmm. it just felt very, um, like, like, uh, like the new metal crowd at the time. Like, oh, like very like okay. limp, limp biscuity kind of you know what I mean like uh, that kind of stuff yeah, yeah, and I was really? like this these guys don't and and they were the, a lot of the stuff I saw on YouTube was a little bit more sky too like it, yeah 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 they have know? a lot of sky yeah. I, I think I think I know I think they had a one of the singers was kind of like a rapper yeah or or you know like that, that yeah. you know that type of vibe so they they mixed a little bit of of that style with with punk and ska mm-hmm. uh, but but they have some good songs actually I, I can't yeah. think of any right now but I I've heard a few a few of them and and that one I covered uh was pretty good actually yeah I but, agree man they're they're not a bad band like I won't say they're bad they're just not they're just not, <laughs> not my your thing. thing and they right, were yeah, big, and they were clearly very big for the time because a lot right. of people know them and they have a lot of views on their videos so yeah yeah definitely. clearly they were a big band I just never. You know, they never, they don't, yeah, they, they didn't hook you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hook you. Right, exactly. Right. How, um, how have you been making out in Florida with the pandemic? I know it's been kind of, I, I usually don't talk too much about the pandemic. I just like to know that the people that I'm talking to are, are, have been being safe and their families are safe. But I know Florida was fa- hit fairly hard at the start of the pandemic and through going through it. Yeah. Um, I mean, luckily, knock on wood, I mean, all, everybody in my family has been doing well. We Good. haven't had any issues. Uh, obviously, like everybody else, uh, <clears throat> once once this thing got as big as it or started, like we, we you know, obviously panicked a little bit, my wife and sure. I. Uh, luckily, both my wife and I have been able to work from home since then. That's good. Uh, uh, I'm a diabetic, so I have, to, I have a little bit of, oh, you're two? Oh, Me okay, too. Great. Yeah. Type, type one or type, type two? one, sir. Type one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was a, I was a type one. I mean, I don't want to jump jump from, from no, thing no. to thing, but uh, I was a type one diabetic. And then when I I think I was fourteen or fifteen at the time when they discovered it, and mm-hmm. up until my thirties, I went to a different doctor and he did some tests and was able to actually prescribe uh, pills instead of injections. Wow! So he said that my, he said my pancreas. I, I guess what he was trying to tell me was that when they first diagnosed me, uh, it wasn't a proper diagnosis. I mean, they thought because I was young, so obviously type one are for juvenile, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, younger kids. 
but apparently I was always a type two because my pancreas was still producing insulin, not just not as much. So yeah. with the pill, I've been able to, to, uh, you know, have really good control. So I'm very that's, lucky about that. That's amazing, man. Congratulations yeah, yeah, on man. that. Because, no, no. Yeah. I, oh. I was, yeah, it's, uh, the, the injections can be, can be a little bit of a pain in the ass, you know, but yeah. And that's all the disease really is. It's a pain in the ass because you're right. trying to manage these levels and, you know, cause you exactly. know, it's, it's a cumulative disease. It doesn't exactly. hit you for years. Right. And oh, so yeah. I struggle with it all the time. Yeah, the the older you get, the the harder the harder the harder it becomes, and and the more dangerous. So, so yeah, you always gotta take care of yourself. Absolutely. Uh, but going back to the whole pandemic thing, uh, yeah, like I said, my wife and I have been working from home, so that's good. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's just been surreal, man. Like uh, at one point, I was just like, like a lot of people, I guess. Um, you know, we it gets to us, you know, and then we start kind of like kind of going crazy, man. Uh, at one point, I was actually even like, I didn't even feel like doing videos or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. I was, I was actually like, like, what am I doing? You know, I mean, there's, there's worse things out there happening, and I'm like, I'm, you know, luckily we never, we, we were pretty fortunate that we, you know, we didn't lose our jobs like other people and things like that. But it, it, it plays in your head. It, it's, it's just like, you know, it's, it's fucked up. You know, yeah. uh, everything that's happening. Yeah. And the way things were handled here in Florida was pretty poorly at first. I mean, it still is actually, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get too political here, but no, no. we're, uh, we're a red state here and um, yep. I love Republicans and, and um, they, they, you know, they try to manipulate things in a different way. I mean, mm -hmm. Democrats are the same way, but like I said, I don't want to get too, too no, political, no. but no, that's fine. But, uh, but, but they never really apply like the, you know, the mask wearing thing, the, the way other states did, which helped kind of control yes. the, 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 the spread of it. Yeah. So it was really poorly managed with government and, and everything like that here in Florida. So Unfortunately, uh, yeah, we're we're one of those states that didn't really play along the rules as 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 good as other ones. But um, but yeah, but luckily, no no none of none of us are, are yeah, you know, thank, sick. Thank God, man, especially with you being yeah. diabetic, and I'm the same way yeah. too. I mean, we we panicked at the start. My wife and I, right. were, she's been working from home for for a few years now, so it, nothing changed okay. for her. Like mm -hmm. honestly, other than us seeing our families as often as we as we were before. Right. That's the only thing that really changed um, for her. For me, I still had to go to work. I'm an essential worker, so I had to okay. be. I work for uh, a municipality, so I look after like oh, all, the, wow. all the snow plowing and stuff. So I can't. There's no way I could work from home. It's impossible. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Being a diabetic, and then my work was like, we're not, we're not going to enforce masks at work. We're not going to make it a policy oh. just yet. And I'm going. Everybody's saying like at, at the start, Canada said don't wear masks because they were they wanted to just like the states did. Mm -hmm. They wanted to make sure everybody didn't run out and buy the medical grade masks and screw over the the medical workers uh, of course right. i understand that but mm -hmm. instead they'd handled it so poorly just like you said they lied to us and said well you don't need to wear masks there's no evidence that the masks are, are any good mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. two months later they're going oh my god everybody wear a mask everywhere and i'm going you pricks we could have had this <laughs> licked a lot sooner or yeah. in better shape like Ontario's handled it. Like I live in the province of Ontario, obviously. I just mm -hmm. said yeah, I'm just near Toronto there. I'm about an hour south of Toronto, southwest. And uh, they, I mean, Ontario's handled it piss poorly, as far as I'm concerned. Wow. I mean, that's as political as I'll get also. I, like I'm not a big politics guy, but I just mm -hmm. don't like how they handled it, especially being somebody that's that's more vulnerable to this thing. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a shame, you know. Um, and obviously, you know, obviously... The, the two different parties will try to will try to use this as an advantage to whatever political gains they want to get. So yeah, it's gross. You know, it's 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 it, yeah, it's disgusting. You know, money and greed and all that. So that's why I try to stay away from politics. I, I really hate it. Both both sides, they to me, they're the same. One of them is uh, you know 
know, worse than the other. So it's like, I mean, they're, they're pretty much the same. So I feel the I exact try. same way, man. We, I, we are, we're sharing the same brain right now. Cause I, yeah, <laughs> I feel the yeah, same way in uh, Canada. Like I don't, I don't really. resonate with any party. You know what okay. I mean? I'm, I'm sort of in the middle of everybody. And I yeah, think I'm the same way. I, I think that's how everybody is. It's just nobody wants to admit it because everybody wants to be on a team. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I'm conservative. I'm I'm liberal. I'm this. I'm that. Like, right. get out of here. You're not. Yeah, you're, you're in the middle. You don't share all those values of one party or the other, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the people who are who are in politics, in at the end of the day, they're looking out for themselves, man. I mean, oh. uh, you know, it's it's not about like, oh, let's let's really care about the people and do this for now. And at the end of the day, it's your political gain. Your, your, what you want to get to. Of course. It's all greed. It's all. But yeah. yeah so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad everybody is safe in your family, man. That's that's yes, the, thank that's you. the important thing. That's and uh, like I said, anytime I meet somebody, uh, especially if they're from another country or from another, um, you know, like a state, if I've been talking to people online too for to be on the on the show, and I always ask them how they're doing because I really I like to make sure the people that I care about, even if they are not in my life, you know, like real close, I like to know that people are safe and they're and they're doing the right thing. So I'm glad to hear. Yeah. That. Thank you. No, like like what's to you? Yeah. Um, getting back to the channel. Did it start? Did, did I read somewhere or see in one of your posts that it started as uh, an offshoot of a beer blog? Yeah, I, I I think I mentioned it in one of my videos, or it must have been a post or something on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, it's it. it well, let's kind of like rewind a little bit, like yeah. twelve years ago, I guess. Um, I had a, a group of friends that we were passionate about craft beer. Uh, you know, if this was around the time craft beer was like kind of like booming yeah. uh you know uh probably 2009 ish something like that uh a lot of breweries were coming up and you know different beers were popping up it's not just your typical kind of like run-of-the-mill beer so we 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 got into it we uh we um partnered up with a a, a company that was uh giving us like you know vip access to like all these beer events and we will go and document um you know the event and mm-hmm. I, I, I was a photographer uh, that's kind of how I got into photography okay. uh, with with the beer blog. I see. And uh, uh, it was uh, myself and another friend who was also a photographer, Danny. And um, and we, you know, we would go to the events, or I would review a beer. Like I would, you know, take a picture, like kind of like I do with the guitar. So I'll take sure. a picture of the of the, of the beer. Uh, I will, you know, give my 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 opinion about it. You know, the taste, the smell, and all that kind of kind of thing, and write a little bit of a, a story to the to the actual beer. How I, how I discovered it. Uh, and things like that. I've, I've always had like a little bit of also a passion of like writing, even though I mean I'm, I'm not a writer, but like I like to put you know put my my thoughts into. I, I think I, I work better putting my 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 thoughts into writing than yeah, sometimes even speaking. Yeah, I agree, 100. Uh, percent I'm the same exact way. Like my, my I feel like my brain sometimes I have so much stuff in my brain that I, I can't like just express it. On, it's hard on, to on, articulate know, like, it like exactly yes. how you want unless you think about it and write it down. Exactly. So that, that's kind of like how my brain works. So I, you know, we had, we did that for, you know, probably about three years. Uh, we, you know, we, like I said, we worked to a, a, a ton of events uh, and uh, it was fun, you know, met, connected with a lot of people and things like that. And, and that's c- kind of how I got, like I said, photography and video. Like uh, mm-hmm. the, the third friend that was in that group, uh, my friend Robert, he was more of a video guy. So oh, okay. he, was, he was the one doing all the videos and the editing and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and myself and Danny will do the photography and I will do the, the write-ups on the, uh, nice. on the articles and things like that. So that's kind of like how 
when I back, I mean, talk about like probably six, seven years ago, when I first wanted to do the channel, like I, I said, like, oh, you know, I've done all this stuff before in in a writing sense. What, why don't I do something in the in a more of a video centric uh, platform like YouTube? You know, yeah. YouTube was yeah. starting to get big, yeah. but for some reason, like I just never did it back then. I, I wish I should have started yeah. earlier. Oh yeah, because I mean, nowadays I feel like it's it's so hard to 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 stand out from all the millions of channels that are, are, are out there and there's, there's so a lot many. of people yeah, yeah it, it's crazy and and like i said there's a lot of great talented people doing amazing videos and sometimes like i even like second second guess myself like oh man am i, am I doing the right thing is this really good i mean i, I enjoy it because i i'm passionate about music and and you yeah. know everything that goes with it sure but but um but i mean yeah so it's it's sometimes it's hard to 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 kind of like stand out from the rest you know but oh, totally yeah but, but but yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And and that's kind of like what what brought me back to 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 or creating the channel thanks to to that beer blog experience I had uh, many yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know what? Like, don't ever. I mean, I hope you don't ever doubt yourself to the point where you stop because you are you are creating content that is really really good. And like I said, it's not just it's not just the audio or or um, the video. It's the combination of everything. It just it looks really good. You're doing multiple angles, which I think is is crazy like that is so much editing work like how much time goes into these videos for you on a typical video how much time do you spend on filming recording well, obviously recording you're recording mm-hmm. the audio as you as you film but th- between those two things and then the the editing afterwards what's a typical video like how long does that take you before you can put it out um uh, honestly it depends also on the song that i'm covering if it's a if it's a song i already kind of know that i've learned you know when i was learning to play guitar many years ago uh, it will take me a little bit less time trying to record the the actual audio of it. Yeah. But typically, I will say for just a standard video, it will take me about between recording the audio and the video and editing and putting it up, probably about two and a half hours, three hours tops. That's not uh, bad, though. No, really? that's not bad, yeah. considering the fact that, obviously, I've been doing, I mean, I think I'm almost to, I don't know how many videos I've put up yet on the channel, I haven't checked, mm-hmm. but I've, I've done a lot. Obviously I've, in the beginning, it will take me way longer. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, it was so with, you know, with the more practice you do, the, the easier it becomes. Yeah, like totally, anything else. totally. So I, I've, you know, I've gotten to a point where I can just kind of like do them pretty quick. I can bang them out quick because yeah. I, I already know it. Okay. So my angle is this one. My second angle is this one. I'm recording it this way, this way. And, and it's just the process, uh, it's, it's becoming a lot uh, smoother, you know, sure, but at sure. first it was like, it was really, it will take me a long time to get it done. And I'm a little bit of a perfectionist too. So mm. sometimes that, that, that can be a, a little, a little yeah, bit of a, it can work against you sometimes. detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, oh, I don't like to, oh, let me do that again or this yeah. and that, or, I mean, yeah. I still make mistakes. I mean, don't get me wrong. And sometimes I, I've actually had to kind of accept it. If, if it's not like a hundred percent, like how I want it, it, it's content. I have to put it out there. It, yeah. Otherwise you would never do it. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that's one of the things that kind of always stopped me at, at first was like, oh, I wanted to look a certain way. Like, and if it didn't mm. come out that way, I'm mm. like, nah, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. And that's oh. really not the approach you yeah, should have with anything creatively because otherwise you would never yeah. get anything done. No, you know what I mean? No, you have to be able to like accept a certain amount of, you know, what you don't think is perfect. Because what I've, what I've learned, and I'm terrible with songwriting. I'm not a big songwriter. But anytime I write anything, I immediately throw it away because I think, ah, it's yes. garbage. But I think if I had actually yeah. stuck to some of those ideas and worked on oh, them. Oh, yeah. But I just, I'm so critical. But like, you I'm know. the same way. But obviously for your stuff, you can clearly tell. Even if you've made a mistake, nobody's noticing. And I've noticed that myself too. If I put stuff out and there's a little bit of a of something in there I don't like. And then 
even in the podcast, I've actually said in intros like, oh, this happened and I didn't like it. And people like my friends blast me. They're like, stop, stop <laughs> pointing that out. We wouldn't even notice how you not said it. Right. right. You're, you're your own worst uh, critic. You know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> for sure, man. For sure. Yeah. But but I mean, yeah, like luckily, like I said, I've been doing it for a while and, and the timing has come a lot less than what, what it was before. So, yeah. I mean, it's still a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Uh, not, not to not to take any any anything away from that. Um, no. But yeah, my process is simple. Like I said earlier, uh, you know, either I pick a song or a, I get a request from somebody. I learn the song. Um, the first thing I do is I actually made a video uh, talking about this kind of subject a little bit of uh, how I record a song from. from yeah, I, I saw that one, actually. Yeah. Um, so I picked the song. I record it. I try to learn it. I, I'm like I said earlier, I'm, I'm very like meticulous when it comes to like getting getting it right yeah and and i try to listen to the song really closely because sometimes like i mentioned this in the video um you hear a song right uh one of your favorite songs for example like and but you hear it but sometimes you don't really hear everything that goes into it as far as melodies or guitars mm -hmm. but once you like put a, a set of headphones and you and you listen to the song closely you hear oh man that's a little guitar that i didn't know that yeah. was there you yeah. know it sounds fucking awesome like ah, I, yeah how come i never i never i never got it but once you get clinical about it and you hear those little nuances and stuff like that, it's like when you really appreciate the the, the work that goes into songs, you know? Oh, totally. Uh, the, like little uh, hidden parts. Yeah. So I try, to, I try to capture all of that and I record, you know, like the left track first, uh, the, the rhythm track of the, of the song, right? Yeah. Get the rhythm first and then I go into the lead part and add like, you know, the little, you know, parts that, that yeah. fills and, and riffs or whatever. All the little and nuances one, or whatever for that. Yes. Make the, co yeah. Correct. So once once that's done, uh, it's, it's edited. It, all the levels are good. I, I leveled the original track, uh, you know, to a point where my guitars stand out. Mm -hmm, so that's mm -hmm. that's kind of like the point. Otherwise, yeah. you're hearing the song. You of know? course, yeah. So, but, but obviously, you don't want to lower it enough so that you don't hear the drums or the vocals yeah, and things yeah. like that. So that's you kind of want to keep it to a level where you hear that, but then your guitars are, are a little bit uh, more present in the mix. Yeah. So once I have that done, and I export it, and then I move into the video side of it, mm -hmm. and and do the playthrough. Basically, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not recording the song when I'm doing the video. Oh, Obviously, okay. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I record the song separately. Gotcha, That's gotcha, a, gotcha. A, a separate thing. Once it's done, then I do a playthrough of ah, what I okay. actually recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then that's how I do the two angles. So I do, so one one whole angle will be, you know, the, ryth the rhythm side. So I usually pick, but I'm kind of going really in depth into it. That's okay. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. That's, so, yeah. so like the, for example, the Y shot that you've probably seen, uh, yep. it's, it's usually the rhythm side. Uh, it's oh. just playing, I'm playing the rhythm side of, of what I recorded of that original track it will be on that side and then the close-up shot the title shot will be more of the lead part because I, I i feel that a lot of people struggle with a lot of the lead lead parts on songs mostly yeah. uh you know i mean myself included oh yeah so i like i like to see you know your your finger positioning on the fretboard so yeah. i thought that a closer tight tighter shot will help the people who are trying to learn these songs that's good uh, forethought to, man that's that's yeah, awesome that you do that right it, it, <laughs> and, and you know you know what's funny like like before, you know, I when I created the channel, obviously, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't an idea. My, my my original idea wasn't to make it like an infor, um, informational type video. Yeah. But a lot of people who have talked to me and and you know let you know left comments, they say like, oh man, like thanks a lot for doing this because now I can really learn the song to play the song the right way. Yeah. Or totally. or whatever because you're you're visually you're showing you know that part, and I'm like, oh man, I. That's that's cool. So I, I yeah. try to put a little more emphasis now. Now that I know that's the case, that people are watching it a lot of you know for uh, educational purposes. Let's sure. say right. Sure. 
I'm trying to focus a lot more into putting a little more more emphasis on those on those uh, on that part of the, the the song itself, so that people can learn the song. You know, that's awesome. That's, so that's yeah. great forethought on your part because I bet you a lot of people that do those types of videos are not thinking that. You know what I mean? They're just right. they're putting the content out to promote themselves. They're not really yes. going to help anyone. But the, the fact that you've thought about that and and actually set up a camera with a close shot to catch that is is amazing man yeah yeah and like i said like i said that you know obviously at first when you first do it you're not really thinking you're just yeah. happy to put something up like, yeah oh, man, exactly I'm, <laughs> I'm all excited I'm, I'm playing a guitar putting it on youtube whatever but but as you move as you try to because you don't want to stay stagnant you know what i mean you want to try to yeah. improve and 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 you know and read the comments i read all the comments that i get i mean it's not like my channel is that huge but I've no. got a few, you know, I got a, a it's big a, enough though, man. Site, yeah, I got a site, a good size, uh, you know, of people that follow it. Of course. So I read all the comments and I try to, I try to do the things that they ask, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's cool, man. I saw you had a video where they, you mentioned that somebody had been asking for tabs even, and I'm going, how much yeah. more do you want this guy to do? Like, do you really need the tabs? How badly do you need these tabs? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think like if I were to, if I were to say what, what's the biggest question that I get, it's that like, Oh, show me the tabs. Give me the tabs. Give me, oh I mean, my God. I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to say like, oh man, come on. But, but honestly, like, yeah, it's not that I, it's not like I, I don't, it's not like I, I want to be an asshole and not give you a tab. First of all, I don't, I don't write tabs. I don't read tabs. Yeah, like, yeah, me neither. I, I mean, I mean, like, <laughs> seriously, like, I, I learn them by ear. And, yeah. and that, that's a skill in itself. I mean, I might not be the greatest guitar player out there because I'm not, but I, I'm confident enough to say that when I hear a song, I can, I can play it just by listening to it because I, I, you know, that's kind of like what I've developed. I developed my ear when yep. I first learned how to play guitar. I mean, I'm not sure what your experience was growing up. Same exact learning thing. Learning to play. Same but, exact you know, thing. You will put, you will, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have anything. Nothing. So we will put the CD. Uh, shit, you fucking learn that song if you want to play it, right? So yep. it, it was like constant. It, but nowadays people want like instant gratification. I know, you know? So, I know. So like, give me the tab. Like, come on. No, I I, I don't have tabs. First of all, I don't write them. So yeah. I, I can help you. And second, just turn your ear. I actually yeah. made a video talking about that too. Because it was just, it and gets crazy. A lot of people. And we're talking about punk rock rhythm here. We're not like, yeah. like if you want to learn the song, you're going to learn the rhythm first. It's not right. overly complicated. You shouldn't exactly. need a tab for that. And if you do, <laughs> you should be going to a teacher and saying, right. or if you're taking lessons, you should go to your teacher and say, hey, I want to learn this. Can you write out the tabs for me? Not ask exactly. the guy on YouTube who's already putting out <laughs> a ton of content and spending hours and hours making these videos. Hey, can you give yeah. me some tabs so I can play that? Yeah, no. Come on. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to hold a grudge or say that no. you know, people are lazy but <coughs> i'm sorry okay. but um but it's it's it, it is a little sometimes it can get annoying when people just and just ask for it like that you know what i mean like hey give me a tap you have the tap for this i'm like oh man you know youtube come on, uh, youtube is hilarious with the comments man i have i have a channel that i like mm -hmm. for for a, for a quick minute when i first started this podcast i was out of work um i okay. lost my job at the other municipality that i worked for and so okay um i started i thought oh i'm just gonna make this this uh a YouTube channel to do some reviews on some of these like cheaper guitars that I have. And I, I was going to call okay. it a series like, like low cost, high value instruments. Right. And so like I, I made a video, mm -hmm. um, for a, an, an Epiphone SG that I had, um, a kind of a unique rare one that was Canada, mm -hmm. a Canada production only for our long and McQuay, the big city, the big music store here in, in Canada. And then, uh, and then the other one I did was, uh, for this Squire jazz master that I bought that I was planning on nice. like hot riding and making into like a, a real kick-ass guitar sort of thing. Um, and that video, for whatever reason, the audio, when I uploaded it, it was fine when I edited it, but then when I uploaded it, the audio got out of phase. So the guitar okay. sounds like absolute garbage. And I knew that. Oh, I, no. left, I left it up, but I thought, 
what a fun experiment to see because I knew the comments were going to be atrocious, right? Oh, yeah. So I left yeah. it. The video, it keeps climbing. It's like I almost 40,000 views now or something, which is insane. <laughs> wow. It's the only it's the only video on my channel because I deleted the other one. I sold the SG and um, uh -huh. I didn't want people to know what I paid for it when I sold it because I, I sold it for a lot more than I bought it. So, uh, I, well, so I deleted the video. Not that I wanted to be dishonest, but I just got a really good deal on it at a pawn shop and I wanted to reap right. it's, it's, it's the name of the game. Yeah. You know, when you when you collect gear, I mean, that's exactly kind of the thing, you know? So I took, I took it down. So that's the only video on my channel, but it keeps going up and up in views. People keep following me, but the comments are fucking atrocious, man. Like you, <laughs> they're so cutting. They're so bad. It's like, Wow. They're like, did you not listen to the audio before you uploaded it? I'm like, yes, I did. It's terrible. I know. And I, I was going to do, mm -hmm. but now I've just left it because I just want to see how many more, <laughs> how many more of these comments <laughs> come in. Right. So one day I will do a proper reshoot of that and just do like just a sound clip and say, okay, assholes, here's, here's how it really here's sounds. A, here's the real, yeah, yeah here's the yeah. real sound of the guitar. Right. Uh, right. It, it's funny. I mean, I mean, uh, obviously, the, the more you, uh, luckily, like I said, I'm, most of the comments, I'll say 99% of the comments I get are, are pretty positive. So, yeah, uh, yours are great. Luckily, luckily, I haven't gotten to a, a stat, status yet where where I, I think the, the, the bigger your channel is, obviously, the more like the haters you're going to attract to. Sure. You know, it's, it's just kind sure. of like the way it is. Some people are just like that. They like, I honestly, like, I think about this, right? Like, all right, so you watch the video, it's not good. Do you are you really gonna waste like five minutes of your time and your energy writing something nasty about it? Like that guy put something up. Like I know, you know, I, what what do you have? You know, let, let me see yeah. what you have yeah. so I can critique it. Let, yeah, let me critique your work. If you don't have anything, you have zero views, zero, I mean zero, zero subscribers, zero, zero videos. Why are you even wasting your time leaving a bad comment for, for somebody? It's like, come on, man. It's like, I mean. It's like uh, um, angry driving, right? Like you're, yeah. you're, you're, you know, you get, you get frustrated with somebody that cuts you off. And sure. I mean, I, I, I'm guilty of this. Oh, I, I do, get, I do get angry. <laughs> me too. And my wife, my wife always tells me this. It's like you're wasting, you know, negative energy out there for somebody who might, you know, might be in a hurry to get to work or yeah, yeah. To, to home for something happened to work, whatever. Yeah. And I try to think about it. Like, yeah, you know, that's that's right. Sometimes I still get angry, but. But me it's the same too, thing with the comments. Too. It's like, like, why even waste your time? And you know, the guys, at least the guys doing something. You know, yeah. Give the, give the guy a break. And Jesus. anybody that has, anybody that has a channel, even if it's a small, they're not going to write anything negative because they know right. what kind of work goes into it, right? Exactly. So I got yeah. a lot of on that video. I got a lot of people that were supportive that have channels that actually yeah. said to me, "Hey, man, sounds like your mic's kind of got out of phase. You might want to, you know, redo that or take it down." And like a lot of good comments like that, but mm -hmm. the, the majority were just off. And you're right. You click yeah. on the user. They don't need, they have a page. Obviously they have to, uh, to be able to yeah, comment, exactly. but they have no uploads. Nothing. Nothing yeah. there. It's just trolls, man. It's just people enjoy doing stuff like that. That's like what gets them off, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's I want, funny though. I want to, since we're talking about guitars a little bit here, since I mentioned those guitars that I have, I want to talk about your collection because it is insane to me <laughs> your collection is amazing every time you post a video and i see a new guitar i haven't seen before i'm like my eyes just go wide and i just like half the not half the fun but a big portion of it for me is seeing the gear that you're that you're highlighting in your video you know what i mean or spotlighting yeah. in your video yeah i mean that's yeah it's it's become it's, it's become a little bit bigger than what i what i you know what i should have really i mean you yeah. Honestly, like one good guitar is enough, really. Like everything else is just. You <laughs> is know, it? Just... Is it though? I mean, when you're a collector, really. when you when you want to buy stuff, <laughs> one is not enough. No, I'm 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 not being honest here. It, it, one guitar is not enough. No, but seriously, yeah. like in reality, it, it should be. You know, but oh, as a yeah, collector, as a collector, and and you know, I mean, I I love gear. Uh, Me I've too. always been 
passionate about gear. I mean, and collecting things ever since I was a little kid, like with toys, like I would collect, you know, my mom or my dad will buy me like, you know, GI Joe's or yeah. He-Man or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever toy was cool in the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will love to collect them and I will take care of them. So I've always been kind of like that type of person. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, and, and the same thing with guitars, but I mean, I'm, I, I look at it this way. Okay. So guitars are not only, obviously they bring you joy, you, you get to play them, but they're also, uh, uh, like, you, like you did with your guitar. I mean, some, sometimes they, they hold really good value and you yeah. can actually money of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's, it's that type of, um, uh, you know, thing that you can actually sell and make a good profit. Yeah. Or, know, ne- or never lose money on that piece of gear is, is a correct. Vehicle. Even if you just break even on it, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, and that's, that's kind of like my, my, my mindset. I don't know if that's kind of like me trying to, <laughs> uh, find a justification for owning so much, so much gear, but, but honestly, like it's, if, 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 for some reason, let's say, you know, God forbid I lose my job or something. Mm-hmm. I have money there that I can always, yeah. you know, sell and, and be okay, you know, try, yeah. to, try yeah. to, you know, be afloat or whatever, you know. So I, I see it more of an investment, but obviously, yeah, I mean, there's some pieces that I, guitars that I really would never want to sell if I didn't have the chance, you know, if I didn't have to. Like your 99 but, uh, Classic. Yeah, like that, that guitar, that guitar will always be with me. I mean, that Les Paul Classic is, is beautiful. And when you, you said you did the home relic job on it yourself. Yeah. But that, I, I couldn't tell. Like I, I thought that was a relic guitar that you'd bought relic. And then when you yeah. when I saw the video pop up um where you talked about how you acquired it, your five top five guitars, mm-hmm. and how you acquired that um guitar and then relic it yourself, I thought, man, what an amazing job he did. Did you research on how to do the relicing or how did you I, I did a, yeah I did, I did a little bit of research online um, there's a guy named Tom Murphy from from Gibson he's a uh, like like the guru of uh you know relicing jobs for Gibson oh, and I think he's yeah. actually working working with Gibson now I think he 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 got hired like officially last year I believe so he has a line of guitars or oh, nice. Tom Murphy yeah the guy's uh he does amazing job so he, I, I think I watched the video or something he was going through his process of, of using like a uh, um, a racer uh like a racer basically and just kind of like making the lines of the 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 actual lacquer checking the nitro checking oh, really? guitars that you see on, on old vintage guitars yeah yeah they kind of with, over time with 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 um with the temperature changes yeah, for example hot like to cold right you get the that hot to cold right you get that cracking of the paint um so he was you know i mean fender does a really well, i mean a lot of companies nowadays do this yeah, but yeah. i think he was one of the the uh, original guys who came with that concept of relicking guitars so I think I watched a video on YouTube. He kind of goes through like his process. So I'm like, okay, let me try it. And obviously I didn't want to try that with a, a newer guitar, a more expensive guitar. You know I mean? This, <laughs> yeah. this, this guitar already had a lot of, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, lacquered uh, check. It didn't have a lacquer checking as much as it does now, but mm-hmm. it did have some of it. And it had a lot, cause I, that's a guitar I, I gig with for, for many years. Mm-hmm. My first band, mm-hmm. excuse me. Uh, th- the one that I've always played, that was my number one guitar. So it, it's had like bumps. It had, you know, a lot of paint chips and stuff like that. So I'm like, let's do it on this guitar that I'm, I'm yeah. never going to sell. I'm not, right. you know, whatever. So I, I did it on, and I mean, it I mean, there's some areas that you can see that's a little bit too heavy. I went a little too heavy with the, with the knife, but, but otherwise I think it came out pretty cool. You know, so, I think it so came out. You pointed out. Yeah. I think it came out amazing. <laughs> like that checking uh, the way it is, I would have, so you did do it with a, with a razor blade then? Yes. Cause yeah, I, I would have thought hundred percent that you put that into a freezer and then put it in the floor. No, I no. thought that's how you managed to do that. <laughs> no, that, that would have been the proper way probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I just, uh, I grabbed a knife and I started going slowly doing lines, 
basically from you know from side to side mm-hmm. and and a little little bit of uh i grabbed uh, i think it was a uh, sandpaper and i kind of like went over a little bit to take mm-hmm. some of the gloss out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things like that and and the rest of it it's natural wear it's just you know everything you see there besides the checking and some of the paint scrape it's mm-hmm. all real so yeah it looks great man and, and like I had no idea that that guitar would have been a, a nitro finish at that time. Like that was a, that's a 99, right? Yeah. It's a, it, I don't think it's full nitro. I think it's like a, it's got some, I forgot what they, what they call plaster size or, mm-hmm. or some, some, yeah, other, yeah, some yeah. other. The new nitros are not like the old nitros. No, no, no. Yeah. The, the, that one would have, wouldn't have cracked as easy no, as no. The, the, the real nitro guitar. Yeah, yeah. Those vintage nitro ones, like, like your 61 SG as well. Like that one probably is, is nitro, like true nitro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I actually sold that guitar. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, wow. I did. I did. I did. But that was I, in your, I, one of your top fives. I know it was. <laughs> so I, I feel I feel kind of bad about it because I, I really wanted to keep that guitar, but it got to a point. Uh, I, I had like three guitars. I, I always sort of have like floater guitars. Um, you know, it, you know, like at least two or three that I that I know I want to tr- I want to try. Mm-hmm. But eventually, if I don't really gel with the guitar, I'll sell it. Yep. And yep. Th- that one was very special because of the vintage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because it was a vintage guitar and sure. it sounded great. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, I liked it, but it was an SG. I'm not an SG guy. Me so neither. Yeah, me neither. It, it, it was it was always hard to to uh, to get used to it. Um, mm-hmm. the, the body never like felt it never set well when I played it. It, it always kind of like tipped back uh, yeah. forward because that the, the, the body heavy. was so thin. Yeah. And then and the neck was so heavy that it was and I just I love the guitar. I really did. And, and I wish I would have kept it, but I, I bought it at a really good price, like extremely good price. And, uh, you know, put it up for sale at a, at a price. that wasn't obviously, you know, I don't try to, yeah, you're not gouging gouging, but, but it was, it was, it was a real price of, of a guitar sure. that age and that condition. Yeah. And, you know, I, I happened just to be lucky and found a really good deal mm-hmm. and, and I sold it and I'm like, you know, that's, that's how it is. That's the name of the game. And I yeah. had other guitars that I wanted to kind of downsize a bit, even though I still have a lot, yeah. but, um, <laughs> I, I got rid of, I think I got rid of, I got, I don't know if you remember, I had a Les Paul special. In blue, candy apple blue, which is a great no. guitar too. No, I'm telling you, I yeah, I got, I got rid of that one too. It was around the time I think it was like pre-COVID or or or, or around. I'm like, let me, let me let me you know sell it now if people are mm-hmm. interested in buying it, just to have a little savings there, here and there or whatever. So I I, I went ahead and sold a, a few guitars. Was that a P90 special then? It had P90s in it? Yeah, it had yeah. two P90s. Yeah, yeah the neck a, and the bridge. I'm not a fan of those either. I've never been a no. big. Uh, P90 special guy. Like if, if a guitar's got a P90 for me, it better be a junior or, yeah, or even, yeah, an SG, awesome. even an SG junior. You know what I mean? Like okay. a Les Paul or an SG junior with a P90 is like, I really want one of those. I just haven't found the right one yet. I've been looking hmm. for quite a while, but every once in a while, like the ones I really like actually are the new tribute double cut ones. And, and which is hilarious okay. because I like the way they sound and play, but I don't like the double cut, which is why I haven't bought one. Mm. But I think they sound amazing. Of all the juniors, they're the most consistent. Um, I think for sound quality, like whenever I play them at different stores, I walk in. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's one. Here's a, hey, they have a blue junior. I always wanted a blue one too. Okay. And um, and I play them, and they all sound great. Every single one sounds great. You know, but the the Les Paul juniors, the single cut ones, don't always sound the same. Mm. Every time I play one, they sound a little bit different. And I have found a couple really? that were really nice, but they were also really expensive. Like I found a couple mm-hmm. that were like fourteen, fifteen hundred bucks, which doesn't sound like a lot of money, but that would be the most expensive guitar I've ever purchased. Right, right. the most I've ever spent is thirteen hundred on my gold top, and I thought okay. that was like it blew my mind to even spend that. But it was such a nice guitar, and I bought it used and got a great price on it. But yeah, yeah, um, I mean, it's it, guitars in general. Um, you know, they 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 vary. You know, I mean, 
it, there, there's something, I, I think there's a little bit of a human, obviously there's a human touch in all guitars. And, oh, yeah. and sometimes like one will sound completely different than the other, even if they're the same model. Maybe that guy will have a good day uh, in, the, in the factory. He was happy. He made it and be, you know, put yeah. some, some of that, some of that feeling into it. And it sounds great. It, yeah. It's, it might, it might sound silly, like magical or whatever, but I think it's true. It's true, man. Uh, and there's some days that guys, you know, it's Friday. He wants to get off work. Let me, let me get this shit done quickly and, and yep. go. And it might not sound as good. No. And even um, the pickup windings, like those people that wind the pickups, like I know it's all done by machine now, but it's right. still, people are still overlooking that. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and they're still holding the wire. Like you, you see those women in the factory or, or men or whoever's doing it. Yeah. You see them winding that wire. And I, and I always think to myself, that's not consistent because it's not machine. Mm-hmm. It's not hundred percent right. at the same time. It's it's a little bit different every single time, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. All that for stuff sure. plays in. Yeah, no, and that, and that's remember that's how they used to do it back in the fifties. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, that's that's why they when you talk about I mean, go geeking out a little bit on, on gear and stuff like that. But like mm-hmm. when you, I've never played a, an original fifties Gibson, right? I no, mean, no, not no, a lot no. of people have had no. the the chance to play one. No, uh, but from what I've researched and, and heard stories or or read about, is that you know those. PAF pickups or are like the, the, you know, the cream of the crop when it comes to humbuckers uh, in general, you know, everybody wants a, a 50s Gibson because they have those pickups and that's what makes the, the guitar. Well, part of what makes the guitar so special mm-hmm. was that uh, the windings were never the same. Yeah, so they're very inconsistent. You know, it, they're very inconsistent. Some of them are hotter, some are low output, and they all kind of give you a much different sound. Yep. So, uh, yep. you know, I've heard from people saying that, you know, yeah, it's a 50s, 58 or 59 that's ball but it sounds like shit yeah and it, it that i mean that might it's very that's very subjective too because what you like i might that's right not like or whatever yeah. too yeah but they say that sometimes like not not because it's a 50s guitar it's gonna sound amazing you know it's it's just yeah. like regular production nowadays absolutely like, absolutely right. it's, it's no different it's just that it was a different time period but they right. still manufacture the guitars almost the same way you know what i mean the, mm-hmm. the only difference is is in improvements in the manufacturing process, like better glues, better mm-hmm. you know, paints or whatever, or stains or yeah. pickup techniques. Like now that the the winders have counters on them or they have exactly. an automatic stop so that they don't overwind mm-hmm. them or whatever. Right? Correct. Correct. So Correct. There's all that stuff that plays in. Yep. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, it's, it's, I love the whole, I love everything about, you know, guitars in general and, yeah. and uh, the, the, what it takes to, to, to make a guitar and, uh, you know, from the paint and, and 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 each guitar to me and that's going back to like uh, the the amount of guitars that I own, I, I feel like each of them have has a different soul and sound. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's a guitar. It's gonna produce sound. It's gonna give you that. And but to me, it's like the if if it inspires you to pick it up and play it, yep. then you know you have a good guitar. Because uh, right. I mean, once you put it through an amp, and you know the amp will basically handle the sound. You know, I mean, it's your amp is what's going to give you the the final sound. Mm-hmm. But if the guitar itself gives you that um, uh, feeling to play it, then mm-hmm. it's going to make it sound even better. At least in your in your head, it will, and it will therefore uh, you will have more fun playing it and and oh, yeah. transmitting that what you're trying to you know transmit through your music or or playing or whatever you know yeah so. totally man i agree i agree 100 percent. and I, I feel the same way if i have a guitar that i haven't picked up in months like like i'm really considering selling oh, my yeah. i have a taylor acoustic that oh, nice i never play it because uh, i'm mm-hmm. not an acoustic player you know i'm mm-hmm. i'm uh i've always been more of an electric guy i just gravitate toward the electric I'm the same way. Um, even if I play it unplugged, like a lot, like I'm working night shift right now, there's not a lot of opportunity for me to plug into my amps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I play either through like my interface into like my DAW or whatever, just, mm-hmm. you know, with amp sims, which I don't like. I find it hard to me get a good tone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, you know, it, even if I just pick it up and play it acoustically, you know what I mean? It, I would rather do that than pick up my acoustic any day. So, really? I'm re- mm. yeah, so I'm really toying with selling the acoustic because I just, I don't play you it. You don't play it. Yeah, no, and, and, and if you can if you can put it on, if you can sell it and somebody else can play it, I mean, exactly. that's, yeah, you know, better than sitting it. on a closet. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that's kind of like another thing that I do with guitars that I don't normally play as often. Like I... I'm like this guitar could be in someone's hands that they can really use it, so yeah. might as well just get rid of it. If I'm not going to use it, mm-hmm. it's just a waste of space and, and the closet. You know. So how many guitars are you up to now? If you don't mind me asking, if you want uh, <laughs> to, you know, if you don't want to answer, no, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> no, no, that's that's fine. I, I, honestly, I I at this point I I don't remember. I think I have. 14 total. Oh, that's not too bad, man. That's yeah. Not, I thought you had a lot more than that, to be honest. No, with no. I, I had, I think at one point I had like 18 and that's when I started selling. I'm like, yeah. my, and my wife was like, she can like, we have this whole thing. My wife never noticed. She says that she never noticed it when I have a new guitar. So like, I try to be sneaky about it. Right. I mean, I think everybody who collects things are probably going through, I mean, do similar things. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm not the only totally, one here. man. Totally. It's, that's not so, uncommon. Like, Right. So like I, I, you know, she, I, I keep, I keep the guitars in this closet here in this room that I have and yeah. all stacked up or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I remember one day she goes in and say, like, oh, why is there so many guitars in here? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean, babe? That's, that's my collection. That's what I always had. No, you, I don't remember seeing that case. I'm like, I thought you don't remember things, you know, like you, but she, she picked it up, you know, it's like, oh, this is not, this is new, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's oh they catch on eventually, but. Oh yeah. Eventually, eventually they do. My wife and, has and my an eagle wife. eye for that. She's always asking, what do you, if she sees me messaging somebody on Facebook or something, she's uh-huh. going, what, what, what are you doing? Who are you messaging? <laughs> Cause she knows I'm probably inquiring about a piece of gear. I know. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's crazy. I mean, and she, she's very sharp. I mean, she's super sharp, oh, yeah. but, uh, for, for some reason, like she says that for guitar, she says that she never, she doesn't, she doesn't really know. Like, I'm like, yeah. okay, well, that's good. <laughs> I guess our, yeah. our similarities keep mounting up here, Sam. It's, that's good. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's, uh, we have a lot more. We're connected. Yeah. We have a lot more in common than I thought we did. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. My, I'm my cap up. is, uh, is 10. So okay. I have right nice. now, I actually have 11 only because I bought a bass recently. Cause I, Sweet. I've had this. I, I don't know. I got to burr up my ass about maybe I could be a better bass player than I could be a guitar player because I'm. Mm-hmm. I love playing guitar, but I feel like my guitar playing is plateaued. You know, I've been playing since I was like eleven or twelve, and I feel like it's okay. plateaued. So, I bought a bass and a little uh, bass head that I can plug headphones into, and, mm-hmm. and I've been monkeying around with that a little bit. But my cap is ten, and like right now, what's in the collection? I I can't play them enough. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. ones I have, and um, but I wanted to. Um, uh, getting back to your collection, I don't want to talk about my my stuff too much because it's not that it's not that interesting. I do have a few that I really like. I have a few Gibson uh, Les Pauls, but they're all like studio level, right? And they're okay. all um, like satin finish. I really like those satin finish guitars, which is yes. why I buy them. But uh-huh. I have uh, a black Les Paul Studio Fifties tribute that's black mm-hmm. satin, just like your three your three thirty nine that you have. Yes, yes. That, so do you are you do you gravitate toward those satin finishes as much as I do, or is that kind of, was that kind of just like a one off purchase that you found a good deal on? It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was one of those one-offs. It was on sale. I remember from, I think I picked it up. Uh, it was probably one of my birthdays or whatever. And uh, it was dis- heavily discounted through mm-hmm. Chicago Music Exchange. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, of course. I love, I love of that course. place. Yeah. I've been there a couple of times. Have and, you? Oh, man. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I mean, my, my, wife and I, my wife and I love Chicago. So we've been there a couple of times. And every time I go to the store, I'm like, I'm like a little kid on a candy store. Oh, you know? yeah. The wall that's possible. It's amazing. So <clears throat> uh, it was, it was the first, I think it was the first satin finished guitar that I, that I, that I've ever tried really. Uh, and it, it felt really good. If the neck feels, uh, it's not chunky or slim. It's kind of like in between. between. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And that satin finish obviously helps you, uh, you know, your fretwork and move, yeah. moving your hand because it doesn't yeah. stick. You know, That's it's right. very, it's very smooth. Uh, although with time, it does become shinier, like if you're yeah. polishing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's weird. So there, there's some, there's there are certain parts on the fret where usually where I, I you know, usually on the first few registers like chords and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like it's it's starting to shine up a little yeah. bit and becoming glossy. Yeah. But overall, the feeling of a sand guitar is really really nice. And I, oh, like yeah. I said, for the only guitar that I own that uh, that has that finish and it's really comfortable to play. Yeah, I love it, man. Honestly, that when I first picked up that and like this was back when Gibson. Uh, mine is a 2012 model. Okay. And that's when Gibson t- 2012, 2013, 2014 were having a really rough time, like mm-hmm. close to bankruptcy, and they've been close to bankruptcy a number of times. But yeah, at yeah. that particular <sighs> time, the Canadian dollar was really strong. It was like almost mm-hmm. on par with the U.S. dollar. Okay. And they put those Gibsons on sale for like 6.99 Canadian. I think I remember that. It was so cheap, and I thought I said to my wife, "I'm like, hey, I'm like." I had just gotten, I think I had just gotten hired the year before into like a management position. So I was making better okay, money. Okay, nice. I said, I'm okay. going to buy myself a real Gibson. I've never had one. I said, let's go. And the closest store was like an hour away that had that had that guitar in stock. And as soon as I played it, I knew. And it's a chambered body. It's it's mm. essentially almost like a hollow body guitar. That's, you know what I mean? It's the, the chambering basically cuts out most of the wood. I'm sure you're, you're familiar yes. with that. Yes, yes, yes. And then they put the maple cap over top. And so it's very resonant. You know what I mean? It's very like chimey sounding. And nice. the pickups are really hot on it though. And that's another point that I was going to ask about that 339. Um, it's got the antiquities in it. And I'm yes. thinking about maybe putting those in that guitar because I the only thing I don't like about that guitar is that it's so hot. Like it's got the 498T or 490T and 498 yeah, whatever those right. pickups yeah, are. For, yeah, 498, yeah. For a hollow, like essentially a hollow body guitar, a chambered guitar, those are way too hot. We played a show I would, oh, and I yeah. had to dial back that gain like or the uh, the volume on the guitar the so much to get yeah, it to I, stop feeding back. It was driving me crazy. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Those type of guitars, they usually squeal pretty hard when you, when you, when you start turning them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I had uh, on that guitar I had the stock pickups which were the Burst Bucker Pros I believe mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or Burst Buckers One and Two or something like that. Yeah, I mean they were good pickups, but not I they didn't really wow me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always I've always had a, a soft spot for the antiquities. I, I had them on my Les Paul Classic for for many years, and I love that way it sounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but I I you know like like you know like I'm sure you're the same way. Like sometimes like that's you get kind of like the same sound you want to try something different yeah. and you, you put a new set of pickups on guitar or whatever yeah and totally. that, that's kind of and that guitar my 99 is the one that i normally do all the modifications to like mm-hmm. pickup wise that's like my test guitar for example oh, really? because it, it it has a um a very unique like dark sound which is kind of weird because most of the les paul that i tried with a maple cab usually have a little bit brighter i mean mm-hmm. the les paul would always be a little bit more rounded you know yeah. sound but yeah but this particular one is super dark, so in 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 some cases, uh, a brighter pickup will actually break, you know make it more rounder. Yeah, yeah. But the the Seymour Duncan's the antiquities for some reason, even though they're not high output, they're 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 bright pickups. Mm-hmm. I think they're all nickel twos, but uh, they have a little bit more treble than normal you know pickups, I guess, uh, of that uh, magnet, and it sounded excellent. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, I, I want to try it. I want to try it on my on my. Uh, yeah, Sweet 39, I put him on and it sounds fantastic. I really love the, the way that guitar sounds now. Yeah, with it the, sounds uh, great, it. man. That guitar sounds amazing. Like, I've always known that about uh, chamber, or not chamber, but like hollow body guitars, like 339s and stuff. They make really good recording guitars because yeah. you can get the gain up in the studio without them feeding back, like you're playing a live gig. Um, Correct. And, but they have that real 
chimey quality. They're very open mm-hmm. sounding, you know, as opposed to the Les Paul, like you said, where it's a little bit more dark, a little bit more like right. thicker sounding, right? Round. Exactly. But yeah, those antiquities, yeah. like you really opened my eyes to those things because they really sound amazing in that guitar. And then when you later on through watching some other videos in preparation for this podcast, actually, because I had seen a number of your videos, but I wanted to go back and watch some mm-hmm. more. I found out that you have them in other guitars. And I thought, well, that must be a great pickup if he's if he's that interested in having them in that many different guitars they must be good um, yeah and yeah. they're not I, really that expensive you know? no i mean they're they're i mean the for i mean seymour duncan is kind of like in between they're not like the boutique end you know yeah. i mean the, the the antiquities are kind of like their pseudo boutique uh lineup let's say you know because they you know they they, they age them and whatever the covers are, are aged and i love that look uh, I love yeah it. yeah they, they're, they look very real um <clears throat> but they sound they sound great i mean in, on all the guitars that i put the antiquities on i've always been I've always been a big fan of, uh, mm-hmm. and and to to me they're they're one of the best pickups that Seymour Duncan makes. Really, uh, outside of you know the other boutique brands are mm-hmm. out there. You know, it's mm-hmm. they're they're I think they're one of the best, top quality. Definitely recommend them. I think they will sound yeah. great on your guitar if you if you decide to. I think I'm going to try it, but the thing I'm going to have to do is like what you did to yours, which is relic the. Um or get some different hardware that's not like it all my guitar is all chrome hardware on it so okay it would need to if i put the antiquities on it because they've got the to match yeah because they've got the distressed <laughs> covers i'd have to match it because i might like you like i know you've mentioned this before in your videos too like i'm like ocd guy 100 percent. like i would have to yeah. have those match there's no way i could yeah. have a bright shiny chrome bridge and then like a distressed pickups you know what i mean yeah yeah no yeah, it's yeah. uh it's yeah no no exactly you you have to you have if, if you're gonna go that route might yeah. as well just you know kind of like do the whole setup you know what i, mean? I might i might I, be hitting you up to figure out how to do that properly because oh yeah for sure it's great <laughs> yeah you, I, I think i put i put the hardware like in vinegar i read this somewhere i put the hardware in vinegar and i left it in the sun for like 15 or 20 minutes or something like that and you know wash it off and uh, you see the rust already kind of start showing on the, wow. on, the on the on the on the hardware yeah wow. so i took like all the um you know like the bridge assembly the uh the tuners uh all, all the little you know metal parts and yeah. i put them in that vinegar thing and let it let it out in the sun and it, it worked pretty well i mean it looks pretty pretty good i think i'm gonna do it man honestly i think it look make just makes the guitar look so much cooler too it looks like yeah, it looks yeah. like an old 50s guitar and with those yes. satin finishes they wear a lot faster like they wear through. Yes. i've seen a bunch for sale that look like a, a 50 year old guitar because the, wow. person, the person has gigged with them a lot and mm-hmm. the finish just comes off like it just wears right through right and it looks yeah really and, beautiful and, and and it uh it i think with the sand finishes it, it um it, it uh it, you know it basically whatever you place your arm yeah. and your whatever your hand is that's that's stuff starts uh wearing off naturally yep so yep. it looks it looks very unique, you know, yeah. very very real. It looks period correct, like it's a '50s tribute guitar, and I want it to look like a '50s guitar at some point. And that's why I was asking right. you about like the relic stuff and, mm-hmm. and how to do this bridge because I I would like to one day make it almost like a relic guitar, so it looks more like a '50s original guitar, right? Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. I I you know if you have any questions, just you know we can oh, always. I'm gonna be hitting you know. up for sure, <laughs> for sure. Hey, we've been that's talking awesome. about Gibson for a quite a while now. I want to move because you've said recently that you've kind of got into strats more within the last, let's say year. Yes. I would um, say so. Yes. What, what brought that on? Because I've had the exact same experience. I only just bought my first strat ever about a month ago, month and a half. Right, ago. Awesome. And awesome. Uh, I love it. It's a, it's a Mexican made one, but it's a, it was, it was one that was made for guitar center. It's a Sienna mm. sunburst model. Um, okay. And it's, uh, it was for Guitar Center, but somehow it ended up up here in Canada, and then now now I've got it. And it's beautiful, and it plays so nice. But I always had this weird aversion to Fender and specifically to Stratocasters. I always liked Tellys, but I never liked Strats. So me for, for me, it was a weird... I don't know why, what 
what transition. struck me. Yeah, mm-hmm. why why I decided, and now I'm now I'm in love with them. But what brought that on for you? Did, did anything specific hit you, or was it just kind of like a, a taste of your change, your taste changing as you get older? Or? Uh, it could it could be it could be that. I mean, uh, my first guitar ever was a Strat copy that my father got me uh, when I was first you know when I first wanted to learn to play guitar. It was a you know black and white you know strat like uh, guitar. Yeah, Yamaha came with a little combo amp. It was I mean it was it was a really bad guitar. Don't, honestly, don't tell me it was a Hondo because that's what I had too. No, I, no, I it had was, a strat it was, it, copy, but it was it was garbage. I only had it for a very short time, so I don't consider it my first guitar. That's okay. <laughs> it was so well, I mean, bad, I got rid of it immediately. You got rid. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I mean, I, I did get to use it, even though yeah, it was it the the amp sounded horrible and 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 first of all, I mean, I think it has to do also the fact that I was I didn't know what I was doing with the guitar. Yeah. So like, I didn't know how to set it up. I didn't know what kind of strings to use. I was just learning with it. So it might've been probably a good sounding guitar if I would have actually learned how to treat it and and change the right pickups and Mm -hmm. uh, strings and stuff like that. It might've sounded better, but at that time it was horrible, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it it helped me, you know, learn to play guitar and it was a strat. So it just, you know, usually those guitars are usually what you get to a beginner guitar. It's like a strat copy. Yeah. The the most like Squire or something like that. Squire or something like that. Right. So this was a Yamaha. And uh, basically the funny thing is that I learned, you know, I'll say like 50% or more of the songs that I cover in my channel, learned them with that original Fender Strat or uh-huh. uh, copy, yeah, yeah, which is crazy. So like, it was more of a nostalgic sentimental thing. Like, oh, let me, let me get a Strat to see, you know, cause I've, I've owned Strats before, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, this is not these two that I have right now are not my, my first Strats, but mm-hmm. uh, um, I've had them, but like, like you said, like I could never, really gel with them just like the sg yeah uh, i'm more of a less ball guy that's just that, what the guitar that that uh, it's always felt right to me i yep. feel comfortable playing it sound me wise too. everything it's just it's just my my sound my guitar and obviously a lot of my guitar heroes i've always you know play less balls yeah you know? me too me too so yeah so it was kind of like a like yeah okay so i have you know a fairly decent amount of less balls let's try something new let's let's kind of like go back to, to fender and see so uh i was in a good position to to order a custom shop uh strat that i uh i pretty much built out myself with uh, the help of the uh the yeah that's that's the fiesta red one right no that's the graffiti yellow one that one oh the, okay yeah, yeah 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 so so i wanted i wanted basic i wanted a strat to because like like i said earlier you know I've, I've never been a big fan of strats and mainly the main, the main reason i think it is because the uh, most of the strats who play off the rack or whatever the, the mm-hmm. necks are so thin like yeah. they're incredibly thin you also have like a larger scale length from the guitar as opposed to a Gibson. It's a longer scale. So it's, it, it's, it always feels like kind of weird. Yeah. It always felt w- weird to me. Yeah. I, I don't get me wrong. I've always loved the sound of Strat. Yeah, me too. Uh, but feeling wise, it never, never felt comfortable. So I'm like, okay, if I'm going to spend this type of money, I want to, I want to make it, you know, proper, you know, I want to, I want to try to build something that I would feel comfortable playing. And so as a matter of fact, it wasn't even that expensive as I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, obviously it was a brand new guitar, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. You, most of the gear that I buy it's used. So I always, you know, try to look for for better deals. Sure, sure. Yeah. But since I was going to put a, a, you know, more thought into this, I'm like, okay, let's go this route, and it actually turned out pretty well. Not not much than what a custom shop strap would cost you a uh, standard one. Mm-hmm. So. That's anyway, so I, that's good. Then. No, no, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's like a dealer deal that I got. Uh, oh, okay, I guess so. It's like they have a certain dealers have a um, a specific um, you know contractual thing with like Fender or Gibson that they can get a, a discount on guitars that are are um, made for that particular store. Right, say, right, right. 
So then they, they have like a, they can help you out with the price and then you end up paying basically the same as you would a normal, a normal custom shop guitar that yeah. you buy off the store. Right, know? right. Except so, you get to spec it the way you want. Right, exactly. You get to spec the way you want. They only give you a limited amount of things you can do because that's, you know, contractual with a, with a sure. store or whatever. Yeah, so, that's fair though. Right. What I picked was basically what fell in their in the criteria to be for that price. So, so I, I wanted a fat neck. So I got a I believe it was a fifty two U style neck, which is pretty heavy. It's it's, chunk, it's a, the the probably the biggest neck that I have on any of the guitars, even my Gibsons. Oh wow! It's yeah. It's it's a like nine point point ninety five from the first fret all the way down to the twelfth. So it's holy. You know, almost an, a, a whole inch. Yeah. Uh, and but it feels great. It's so comfortable to play. And I wanted a flame flame neck and a stripe that you that, that, that you you've seen on the, the competition stripe. Yeah, yeah that looks great. Always love always those. Loved those. Yeah. I've always loved those. <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, it's it's it it's one of the best guitars that I own, really. And and, and like I said, it, it 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 had a little bit of uh, thought into it, so it feels almost like a guitar made for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. With with all the things that I like on a stride, obviously the humbucker and the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that I that I I, ha- I have to have. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah, it's you know that's kind of like how I got into the strats again. And yeah, it's it's a learning curve. You know, it's a different sound, it's a different feel. But the more you play it, the more I play it, and, and you know, the more comfortable and, and yeah. how much I like it. Yeah, no, totally. I, I I understand that completely, man. Like I I don't know what it was that I never liked about them. Like when I had that Hondo thing, it was such a piece of garbage. And then my dad came <laughs> home one day with a. Um, because I told him I didn't like it, and I when and my uncle was a guitar player. He's the one that helped me shop, oh, nice. shop for this thing, and and you know my parents bought it. I didn't I didn't buy it. They bought it for me, obviously. And right, but it was such a crappy guitar. And then my dad showed up one day. I woke up one morning and it was just in my room. Like he surprised me with it. It was um, a used Epiphone Les Paul, um, standard made in Korea at the time. Yeah, my- that was my second my oh, second guitar. Great guitar, man. And yeah. like I, I instantly fell in love with it. It was like mm-hmm. it just felt so natural to play that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, but I don't know why. Over the years I never got back to strats. And then all of a sudden, just recently it just I'm gonna try a strat. And same thing. It's got a, mine's got the humbucker in the bridge. And it just nice. sounds it sounds good. I, I've I've got a Duncan that I'm gonna put in the bridge position very soon, swap out Sweet. the stock one just to see if you know what what difference it makes really, right? But it's a good sounding guitar and it plays nice. And I don't know why I avoided strats all the years, but all the time, <laughs> just in the last six months or so, I've I've kind of fallen in love with them. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. What what uh, what Seymour Duncan are you going to put in on the bridge? I, I ordered a JB, uh, trem, a JB? trembucker. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So it's uh, it's sitting there waiting to go in. I just got my soldering iron in. I I thought I had one. I looked all over for it and I couldn't find it. So I ordered one on Amazon. It just came. So likely. Maybe not this weekend, but next weekend I'll probably pop it in. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and then in a month's time I'll be back to days, so I can back to day shift, so I can start plugging it back into my amps and and really hearing what it sounds like, kind of thing. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, the JBs are, are 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 you know for strats are one of the best. Yeah, uh, I I haven't had a, a, a I have I had a guitar um, a strat that I modified not mm-hmm. too long ago uh, before I got the yellow one when mm-hmm. I when I said I wanted to try to get into strats. Yep. And I and I used it on, on that guitar, but for some reason it just it was way too bright for me. And that's what uh, and I'm I worried like, about. I'm worried and about I, that. And it, yeah, and, and I mean I, I love a brighter sound on guitars anyway. Um, mm-hmm. You know I, I play more with treble than I do with bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, me too. When I dial my amps. Yeah. But but that one was just way too too much. So it could have been the guitar itself, the body. Uh, I'm not sure, but but I mean the consensus mo- most people love a JB on a Strat. I mean build yeah. your Armstrong from Green Day. It's always had a. Uh, Seymour Duncan JB on his yeah. uh, blue strap for for the longest time, and he sounds amazing. So, 
Yeah. And I don't know. That's the only thing I'm worried about is that it'll be too bright. But uh, I don't know. All we can do is try it, right? And see, like every, like you said, every guitar is different. And, and when you put start messing with pickups, it could be a good thing or a bad thing, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I've heard that if you use uh, 250K pots on your on your strap with that pickup, it sounds much better than the 500. Yeah. Because it, it, the 500 will be way too bright and the 250 will round up the sound a little bit. So you might, might want to try that if you. If yeah. You and it's to. funny that you say that because I actually ordered. 500k pots and, mm-hmm. and now i'm starting to think uh more recently that i m- might not even use them in that guitar when i put the uh put the pickup in i might actually use them in the jazz master that uh that squire jazz master that i have because it's a little bit dark and i want it to be a little bit okay. brighter so i think the 500k pots if it doesn't already have i don't think they have them it's just the cheap little chinese tiny pots and they might be 500k mm-hmm. but they're not good quality so i might just swap, yeah. swap them in that guitar yeah, okay. They might sound better on a darker yeah. darker instrument. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to try it and see. Um, speaking of amps, uh, you talk about dialing amps in there a little second. How many, yes. I see the amps behind you, and I'm always, again, I'm in awe of your, <laughs> of your collection, including <laughs> your amps. I only have two what I would consider good amps. I have a, a PV5150 212 okay, combo. Okay, classic. Yeah, classic. classic great sound. Yeah. Yes. It's what I use live so, anytime we I'm in a band that plays like very, very few shows, especially now that COVID's here. We haven't played any right. in 2020, but one or two or three shows a year just for nostalgia purposes. But mm-hmm. I always use that live. That's my sound. I like to call that my sound. Right. But mm-hmm. um, and, but then I also have a Marshall JVM, which I love mm-hmm. uh, the 50 watt version. But you've got a ton of great boutique style answer. Like I see the Buddha behind you. You've got the, yes. the Marshall Jubilee. You've got the uh, Balthazar combo. Yes. How many amps are you up to now in that room? Uh, right now I have the well, one, two, three, four, uh, five heads you see here. I don't know if you can see the yep. other one here in the back. Yep. Uh, and then the Balthasar combo. So six amps right now. Uh, <laughs> six kick-ass just, yeah, amps. Six, yeah, and, and, and amps. It's like you know, going back to collect collecting things. I mean, the for example, the Mesa Boogie, the dual rectifier, has always been like my dream classic amp. again. Yeah, so, another and, classic. And I I used to own a. a triple rectifier uh many years ago that i loved and i ended up selling it and and i always regretted it uh so i was lucky to to pick you know a, an older version uh one of the first kind of like revisions that, that mesa boogie did nice. with the rectifier which yeah. sounds amazing yeah especially for that 90s punk rock sound you can't oh, beat fuck it yeah it's, you can't beat it it's, yeah it's, it's <laughs> that's the sound that's you know the what sound mean? yeah uh and then the rest of them like the buddha was kind of like another amp that i uh when when like back in early 2000s when i was like this whole thing started like me going into like those uh i don't know if you ever been into like the chat rooms for like guitar gear stuff like that yeah. Like, oh yeah uh, totally harmony central mm-hmm. and whatever and i remember seeing uh a lot of people talk about that buddha amp at that time it was so expensive i mm-hmm. think it was like almost three three grand for for uh, an amp which Jeez. is crazy money that is know? that's insane uh and so obviously with time you know uh they were popular and they kind of like i think the company sold it to pv now uh, i think yeah. Buddha is part of pv yeah it is yeah uh, and I picked that amp for like $750 used on Guitar wow. Center. Holy which, cow. And, and it was an amp that I've always wanted to try since like early 2000s. I'm like... You, you got to jump on that. Pa- yeah, yeah, I got to jump on it. It has a few nicks or whatever, but it who sounds cares? great. Yeah, uh, who cares? It, re- it, re- it records really nicely, but it's so loud. It's so fucking loud. Oh, I believe like, it. I, 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 can't, I can't play it like in my house. No. Uh, normally, because it's impossible. Yeah, it rattles the so, windows. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that on its own, that's like a floater amp that I have. Yeah. 
maybe I'll eventually sell it. Uh, but but I, I like I like how it sounds like when I record. Yeah. So it's, oh yeah. I'm keeping it for now. And then sure. the Friedman the Friedman Small Box Fifty, which is another. Oh yeah, Friedman. I love that. Wicked. App. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're expensive, but if you find one used at a good deal, you know, uh, I, I go for it. I mean, it's uh, they're they're amazing apps. I, I'm a big fan of them, and I, and I and I discovered that brand by going in this uh, this chat rooms or whatever, yeah. and it, it, they're like a hot rod and martial sound. Uh, yeah, yeah. But done done really well. And yeah, done amazingly well. Like very boutique, yeah. hand wired. You know what I mean? Like yes. real good. Yeah, very good. And then uh, the Bachner, the uh, well, the Bachner's on the, on yep. the cab there. Mm-hmm. It's another another amp that I've always wanted to own. The Ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to that early story from you know early 2000s as Bachner was uh, it was one of the first boutique kind of like amps that came up in that in that era hmm. and uh, that one is I, I say honestly like that's probably the the best sounding amp that I own in in, in terms of what it can do um, you know the rectifier it's it's kind of gonna give you one sound yeah maybe. one like trick a, pony like the 5150 yeah, same exactly thing. the clean is it's horrible I mean <laughs> I mean you can you can tweak it to make it sound decent, but honestly, like, like that's not I why can't you're rec- playing that amp, though. Right, exactly. Uh, the red channel, even the orange mode, it's amazing. Uh, the Buddha has a, a pretty good two-channel thing, but it's very limited as far as the, the EQ. You only have a volume for the clean, and yeah, you can, you know, the 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 Freeman is also a two-channel amp, but you you share the EQ, so it's not right. very flexible. But the Ecstasy, you have three channels or independent to each other uh actually take that back the clean channels independent and the red and blue modes are, are combined yeah combined but they all have their own volume and gain so oh and nice. like, yeah and different um uh eq settings that you can select whether you oh. want a little bit more low end or or high end oh nice. so it's, it, it it does it does everything you know it's yeah it's like, yeah versatile like that there's desert island type of amp um, yeah yeah and recently i got that um that Balthazar, which I speaking of Chicago Music Exchange, my wife and I were vacationing there prior to COVID, and, mm. and I played it there in the store. Oh, okay. I think actually is the one that I actually have when I after I, I thought about it. I'm actually, I ordered. Do I need mm. another amp? Uh, and I ended up also getting a good deal. I ordered it, and uh, it's been a really, really good sounding amp because yeah, it it's sounds so good, man. It's it's so different than everything that I have. Yeah. I mean, all the all the other amps that I have are, are basically you know your high gain stuff. This is more mm. box. Mm-hmm. kind of like sound yeah yeah uh, and it takes pedals so well so i i usually when i when i want to record something a little bit more like lo-fi type thing for certain covers i use that amp because i think it nails that sound yeah. very well with with the with the use of pedals so right right uh, really, really really love that amp how did you uh come across the jubilee the jubilee uh i i think slash played one right uh yeah. it's always yeah it's, it's always been a, a jubilee guy mm-hmm. uh, and uh you know obviously one of my Guitar heroes, yeah, slash, I think. I love them. I think most people, most people yeah. <laughs> that play guitar and rock, they that's their well. Hero, most people right? our age, you know what I mean. These exactly, younger, yeah. younger people, like it's like whatever, you know. Yeah, right. Slash was a guy with a funny yeah. hat, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, no, Slash is the man, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. and I have always loved Marshalls. Uh, yeah, me too. It's it's uh it, you can't, you, I mean, you can't go wrong with a Marshall, and, and especially if you if you're you know I, I'm collecting or whatever, I think you should always own a Marshall. Yeah, you have you should a Marshall have one. collection. Because it's a, uh, it's a lot of, you know, obviously Friedman. I'm obviously I gotta give him credit for what he does, but obviously the design and everything, it's very Marshall inspired. So oh, sure. a lot of a lot of brands have always, I wouldn't say copied, but taking cues of, of that sound and make their own, you know, and mm-hmm. which is it makes you realize that obviously Marshall is a Marshall. It's like yeah. one of the best amps. 
So the Jubilee is special to me because um, it's also very versatile. Actually, it's uh, it's got like it's got two channels. They're sure EQs, but they have, they have different modes. You have like a a clean push mode. You have a a low gain setting and a high gain setting. So and they all sound very different. And, yeah. And it's a really great sounding amp. Oh yeah. Uh, I was I was I was very happy that they reissued. This is a reissue. It's not mm-hmm. the original. Mm-hmm. It's an original. Yeah. Uh, they reissued them at the time, and I think I don't. I think they're. They discontinued them for a while, but I, I think I saw in Sweetwater that they have a they, they've come up with them again. Oh wow! Uh, and when I picked it up, it was uh, like I, I hate I keep saying oh I got a good deal, but yeah. it, honestly I did get a good deal. Yeah, uh, they were they were they were um, discon- they were being discontinued, and Sweetwater was like selling them for like I think Clearing I paid like eleven hundred dollars for it. Oh, that's a uh, good deal. That is a yeah, good deal. It, it, the amp was used to retail like nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I picked it up uh, automatically. I yeah. had my my Sweetwater credit card. I picked it up or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and so so yeah, like it's it's a really good good sounding amp and and yeah. very manageable at, at home. Like when I play at home, like mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. gonna like blow up your house. It yeah. has a, a half power mode. Yeah. Which is really yeah. good. Marshall's which awesome drop, for that. Which drops down the the wattage uh, yep. to you know be able to crank it up a little bit at home. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> speaking of like tube amps. You know, you said if you really like the analog sound, and and you, you don't really like the modelers by the sounds of it. Like I'm, I'm not. I won't say I'm against modelers, but I just don't like them, and I don't like seeing them live. Like if I go see a band live, I want to see them playing a tube amp. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. So, so how, how do you feel about like? There's a lot of talk about tubes, the manufacturing of tubes slowing down. I know there's production will always be there but i think the price is going to keep increasing as you know until such time that they do stop making them at which point they're going to have to make some kind of a replacement some kind of solid mm-hmm. state replacement to go in those sockets because people are going to be not throwing away amps so right you know what what how do you feel about these modelers do you do you think there'll ever be a time where we're going to have to move away from tube amps completely and, and go into modelers or do you think they'll always be around I mean, I, I certainly hope not, because I mean, uh, honestly, there to me, there's nothing like the sound of a cranked up tube amp, uh, both live and recorded. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I, I but but, that, but I'll do say that I, I don't have enough experience with modelers. Yeah, uh, I know they've come a long way from you know ten years ago when mm-hmm. you know I don't know if you remember like the Line Six PODs yeah. and things like that. Yeah, the little bean, like the little yeah, the little bean one. thing, red yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, they've like I said, they've uh, come up a long way from then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, like the ones that I've tried, like they never, they never sounded right. They don't, uh, they don't have a soul. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you play them and they just, and I, and I know people have tricked me. Like, like I just talked to Brad, like I said, I talked to Brad Castron on the last podcast and he is a huge modeler guy cause he gigs a lot. Oh, um, okay. and he gigs a lot for like a cover band that he's in. So he takes the modeler around, you know, and, and he told me that they used it on the record. And mm. they just released uh, somehow Hollow just released a record this uh, in 2019 this time last year, and mm. he completely fooled me. I thought it was a two. And but you know what? When I play them live, when I hear them live, like I swear to God, maybe I'm again, maybe I'm hearing with my eyes more than my ears. But could be they just feel like there is no soul to them at all. Whenever I play one physically, like when I when I've plugged into one, they don't feel like anything I wanna I wanna be in, you know involved with. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think like if you're a gig musician. Uh, obviously, having like a uh, what you might call it, a Kemp, Kemper amps yeah. or Kemper, uh, yeah. or what's the other one? Uh, like the Line Six Helix is another one. Yeah, that's uh, another big one. Yeah, of, yeah, the there name, is, uh, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, which kind of re- 
you can select different patches and that yeah. sounds like yeah. like a you know Marshall JCM 800 or like a 50s Marshall or whatever. Yeah. Uh, if if you're a gigging musician, I would say that you know obviously it's a it's much more convenient to have one of those modelers that you can always have like yeah. you know 10 different sounds into one box for different songs and things like that and mm-hmm. the convenience of just grabbing that and hook it up to the PA on yeah. whatever you're playing at and you don't need a cabinet sometimes you know you could just monitor just the monitors yeah i yep. mean you can you can't beat that that's no the portability I'm not, I'm, the portability is amazing right exactly i mean I, i've never gigged over other than just like local shows and stuff like that but i can just see the the advantages of of, of yeah. having that oh and, totally and the amount of different options that you have but like I said, you know, going back to to what I think about them, I I, I just they don't feel like you like you're saying. You know, I agree with you that they, they don't have that natural kind of like organic feel yep. uh, of an amp. I mean, it might sound great recorded, but when you record, you know, you obviously you're doubling tracks, you're yeah. adding EQ. So obviously, yeah. I think anything will sound good, even if it's like a hundred dollar yeah. you know combo. Mm-hmm. If you record it well and you have good mics and you can you know. Mm-hmm know what you're doing when you're when you're mixing then yeah. it can sound amazing because yeah. there's people that have recorded with like little pig nose amps or whatever yeah. records and yeah. they sound fucking awesome so <laughs> i know you know um so it's it's it, you know it's it's de- depending on your on your needs and and what you mm-hmm. what works for you you know uh to me yeah. I, I like i said you know going back to the amps i i couldn't i couldn't trade my amp for 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 no. one of those monitors no and i so, really ho- I'm hoping they they don't ever do away with tubes completely because, like I said, I'm always going to want to have a tube amp and like yeah. to play through. Even if I just go yeah. down to one as I get older and don't you know maybe get unload some gear, I'm always going to have a tube amp around, and I want to be able to keep buying replacement tubes for that thing when they when they die, right? Otherwise, it's exactly. going to become a very expensive paperweight, you know, at some point. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. So yeah, let's hope that uh, that's not the case and that that uh, you know companies still pr- continue to produce them because yeah. I mean I don't I don't know what the uh, you know what? What? How? How it will be like ten years from now? You know. You yeah, know. Who knows? knows? Yeah. Who, who knows? knows? But uh, you know, with the, things changing so rapidly, and you know, just just yeah. talking about the COVID thing right now, that's taking a hit on, on a lot of things, especially production wise, a lot of companies and things yeah. like that. So yeah. we don't know, but hopefully they're they're still around. Yeah. Uh, and we can still you know be able to cherish them and play them. You know. It's, I hope so because I hope I don't see the day where I have to like limit how much I play my amp because I'm worried about the tubes wearing. You know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. kind of stupid. Um, yeah. Talking about gigging, I I, I want to keep this moving along because we're starting to we're getting not close to the two hour mark, but we're in the we're in the home stretch now. You you were right about the uh the, how the time flies it goes and, uh, fast, man. It's a yeah, time man. warp on these things. I, I love know. it. We we could we could I feel like we could continue <laughs> talking for like two more hours you know? easily <laughs> easily every single one I've done that's what the guest always says. That's awesome. I think we could talk for way more. I, I was um, worried. I was worried because I was I was listening to one of the look. I was looking at your podcast yeah, and yeah. most of them were like two hours. Like damn, yeah. they they talk that long. I don't know if I, I I'm that interested. To, like I, very no, easy. not you, but I mean like like yeah. I don't I don't know if I have so much interested <laughs> things to say for two hours. I mean I'm I will pull it out of you, man. That, that's, that's my job is to pull all that <laughs> no, stuff. You're doing out. A, you're doing an excellent job. Let me <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. But talking about gigging are you in a band these days are you recording any original music or anything like that not at this time uh obviously like you mentioned earlier with the covid thing i i i was in a band uh probably two years ago i think uh it was called despierta dispara which uh um, it was a a kind of like a collaboration between uh uh, my friend orestes who was who used to drum in a different band that i was in and, and another friend, Manu, uh, he he came from New York. He moved to Miami and oh, wow. was kind of like what well, he brought a lot of um, 
songs from an old band that he was in back in New York and he wanted to do something with them. And we linked up, uh, we, you know, we, we met each other and we said, let's put something together and do some of the songs and start writing new, new material. So we did that for a while. We did, you know, locally here down South, uh, mm-hmm. for a few years. Unfortunately, we never got to the point of recording an EP that we wanted to uh, do. Yeah. We, we had we had some like raw um, recordings that we started, but for one thing or another, we never we never finished it, which is a shame. Yeah, uh, we are in the talks of trying to revive that and, and try to at least finish the recording that yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we started. You know, because I, I don't know if this happened to you, but to me, like I've been in I wouldn't say a lot of bands, but I've been in different different projects throughout the years, but. It's always been like a just for fun thing and never yeah. really got to a point where I'm like, oh, let's sit down and be serious about it and record something. And yeah, me you know, too. Um, so I have, you know, obviously I when when I'm in a band, I always try to come up with ideas like songs and riffs and things mm-hmm. like that. So uh, I'm, I'm not a, a super good writer. Like I can't be those people that just are songwriters. They yeah. can yeah. Put, put lyrics to a song and, and make it work. Like yeah. I'm not. I, I'm more of a riff guy. Like I bring a riff or a rhythm and then we'll work with that with the rest of the band. You're saying all um, the same stuff again, man. That's exactly yeah. what I'm Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I'm limited in that sense. And, and perhaps it's been because I, I never really developed my my style to be a, a songwriter. Uh, that could be my own fault for not trying. Because like, like I said earlier, I like to write. So that would have been a good way of doing it. But for some reason, yeah. I always find it hard to to put words into music for mm-hmm. some reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can do it. I can just do it like a an essay i can do that but for a song like and mixing with the rhythm it's always been very difficult very difficult yeah it's not <clears throat> so, an easy thing to do no it's not so i i commend you know and applaud the people that actually do it uh uh so yeah that was the last project that i was in and probably it lasted about three years but then uh manu the singer and bass mm. player we were, we were a three-piece band which yep. was awesome mm-hmm. not a lot of drama when there's like more than three yeah. people like four people easy. five people it's keep yeah. it simple yeah keep it simple so it were like kind of like a ramones kind of like fast punk rock in, in Spanish. We used to sing in Spanish and we had a, oh, a few songs in English. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately Manu moved, moved to Boston and then that kind of like put a hold on the, on the project and, mm-hmm. and then COVID happened. And then yeah. it was like, you know, uh, we, we just couldn't, sometimes it would come from Boston and we would jam, we'd do like a weekend jamming session. And if we mm-hmm. had, a, if we could, sometimes we even lined up a, a show, yeah. uh, while he was here and do things like that. But now with COVID, obviously it just yeah. never happened. Yeah. It um, makes everything way harder, but are you guys not, have you talked about doing like the remote recording where like you would record in a DAW and then send it off to them? Or are you guys not really that kind of band? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, difficult uh especially with with uh with drums uh, yeah. unless you use like a beat or something like that and, and kind of like right off right from there it, it's kind of difficult i mean yeah. uh, perhaps it's just we haven't really tried it as much but me and him have been in contact and we actually we've actually shared a few ideas and and we're we're in the process of doing something like that for now mm-hmm. uh, and you know uh exchanging recordings here and back and forth but mm-hmm. um we've never really like done it the proper way i guess you will say you know yeah uh but but yeah we definitely want to keep keep going with it um obviously it, it's kind of like a um what would you call that like a unfulfilled dream that that i've always had like of recording something yeah uh and uh which is a shame because there's been a lot of great songs that that in different bands we've come up with and they just kind of like yeah they just disappear, they getting you know? lost yeah absolutely they get lost exactly and so hopefully i do get that obviously as far as like gigging and things like that, obviously I'm 40 years old. Mm. I'm not 20. Mm-hmm. No, I know. If, if, if it didn't happen back then, yeah. it's not meant to happen. I, 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 that's at least I see it. I, yeah. I'm accepted. I, I mean, think, you can still 
I think these days, though, yeah, you can still gig. I mean, like, that's why I keep trying to, like, I'm always looking for something to join, right? Especially, like, something local. And I I talk to local musicians a lot because I I try to go to as many local shows as I can. It's tough for being older, you know what I mean? Like, you've got responsibilities, you have a job to go to in the morning. But I try to go to these shows as much as I can and talk to, um, and and I've become friends with some some local bands, and there's guys that I went to... um, or that know people that I went to high school with that are still doing it. And mm-hmm. and so I'm always thinking about trying to join some because my favorite thing is performing because I don't write and I'm not really good at recording. <laughs> I hate, I really hate the digital recording scenario. Like I've always, yeah. I've always had this romantic idea of going into a studio with a band, yes. a, real, a real studio, you know what I mean? Right. Even if it's recorded to digital and not to tape, like in the old days, at mm-hmm. least you're in a real studio with your band coming up with ideas you know what I mean? On like maybe you've got demos that you're taking into the studio and you're you're just putting them down properly. But I've mm-hmm. never done that. I've never had that opportunity, and that is such a romantic idea in my head to go do that at least once in my life. You know? What oh I mean? yeah, yeah. I, this, I totally get you. This remote sending. Hey, I've got this idea. You know, pop this into your DAW. Like I didn't even know what a DAW was until a year ago. <laughs> like I I've been using GarageBand and I now have mm-hmm. um, Cubase and stuff. But okay, before that I I had no idea. Like people said, oh, you know, just pop it in your DAW, and I said, well, what's what's a DAW? Well, it's a digital audio works workstation or workspace, or whatever. I'm like, uh-huh. Look, I don't even know that. I didn't even know what that meant, right? <laughs> because it's yeah, so, it seems so weird to me. I just I want to be physically there doing it. Yes, you know? yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. Uh, I mean, the closest I got was my first band uh, ever. We did record, but it was it was a well, actually, two in two scenarios. The first time was like a really home studio that this kid we knew from high school had put together, which yeah, is pretty and cool. That's okay. We did, yeah, we did a like a six song EP. Oh, nice. Which that, that's the only thing that's actually been ever published in that band. Uh, and but I don't even have a copy of it, which oh. sucks because I would love to hear it. And I think yeah. uh, the 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 only person that has the the raw files it's a uh, our old bass player, but I no longer have any contact with him, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I wish I could get that back. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's not like shit. We were still like right after high school, whatever. Or you know, I was still. But it high was school, your work, you know? What yeah, I mean? it was yeah. a work. A lot of a lot of work got into into those songs. But uh, the second time, it was another band that I was in uh, called AOK, and and we did record uh, in a proper studio. It wasn't like a super fancy, but it was a studio. You know, this guy who who had a more legit kind of like setup, and. Uh, we never finished it. Like we started, I think we recorded three songs and then our bass player quit. And then it was, it was a fucking drama and, yeah. and we just never got it done. And I hate, I hate, I hate that, that we never, we never had it. So yeah. I, I get what you're saying. That That's, it's a, it's a much different feeling being yeah. on a, on a, on a control situation where everybody can share ideas yeah. as opposed to sending them back and forth, which can sometimes get lost in the mix, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I I feel that that's exactly how I feel about it. I think things get lost in the translation of sending mm-hmm. sending files around. You know what I mean? Right. I just, I just right. don't like that at all. It just seems weird to me. Yeah, um, yeah. It, but it, gigging, it, it, it's, yes, sorry. sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say like, yeah, the personal connection when you have somebody in front of you playing yeah. the instrument. Yeah. It's it's a it's a bonding thing. And yeah. It's just hard to hard to replicate like electronically that way. You know? Exactly. hundred percent. That, that's hitting the nail right on the head. You, you lose something without being in the room with that person because you can play an idea and without, you know, you might second guess it and then you send it to someone and they might react poorly to it. They might, you know, like, Oh, I don't like that. But then they kind of lie to you. Right. They kind of like, they're, they're afraid of hurting your feelings. And I, I've been mm-hmm. in that situation. People send me stuff. Hey, what do you think about this? And I, and I'm, because I'm not a songwriter, I feel bad saying, Hey, I don't like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. record over top of that cause I don't like it. And, and it just, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. I like being in the room with someone where you can see their reaction. You play it and you and you know right away. And you just go, "How oh, okay? Fuck that idea. Like it's not. Right. It's not. I know that one's not going to work. 
Exactly. Yeah. But, but I want to gig again. That's for sure what I want to do. At mm-hmm. least like it's fun. Yeah. And I'm, and I was a replacement guitar player for the band I'm sort of in right now. And I say mm-hmm. I'm in this band cause we haven't recorded anything together. I've never played on any of the recordings. The recordings are all old as hell. Like they're all back. I think the newest recording is back from 2000, maybe four or five. Oh, and, wow. um, and I had joined the band just after they had recorded that stuff. So it, it's old stuff, but, but I love playing it. I love performing live. So I, I really want to start gigging at least on some level again, you know, I mean, even if it's only a few shows a year after COVID's done, I, I really want to push to the guys to get back together and, and start either writing some new songs or just gigging the old songs because I really love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. We've spent a lot of time talking about music. I want to talk about your photography a little bit because obviously your Instagram is full of these beautiful um, photographs. Uh, you said you got into photography around the time of the beer blog or did, yes. I, did I miss yeah, that or did basically. you say you got into it because of the blog? Yeah, I, I got to it because of the blog, uh, you know, due to the fact that we, we had to, you know, uh, uh, photograph the, the the beers and the events. So I, yeah. I picked up my first digital camera. It was a Canon Rebel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and um, that's how, pretty much how I learned, you know, with a 50 millimeter lens, yep. the first lens I ever got and, and, you know, fell in love with it. Really, yeah. it was a, I've always enjoyed photo photography in general, but mm-hmm. I just never really picked up a camera and really messed around with it until then. And obviously with uh, digital cameras being, you know, coming up and so easy nowadays to, oh, to acquire yeah. uh, at, a, at a, you know, a really great price point, um, I, you know, decided to make that uh, investment. And I, ever since then, I, uh, I've been, lo- I, I love taking photos mm-hmm. and, and taking my camera with me everywhere. So that's awesome. So you, you actually don't have any, any formal education in photography at all. You kind of just all self-taught. Yeah, like every like everything else with what I do, really. Um, I'm, I've always been that type of kid or or, or man or guy, whatever. Right? You know, uh, since I mean, when when I when I say kid, when I was younger, you know, like I always liked things and I just just trial and error, just trying it and playing with it. I I've never been the type of person that would sit down and read manuals or a book yeah. on how to do this or how to do that. I just kind of do it out of hands on. Yeah, hands on exactly. I think that's the, the best way to learn. Um, some people might disagree with that, but at least it's worked for me. Um, and uh, yeah, so like it wasn't, I grabbed the camera, I didn't even know what I was doing. First I was yeah. shooting like full full auto and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. but uh, the, the pictures look like a regular picture. Yeah. They don't really look like like how I've seen on other magazines yeah. or photos, you know? So then I started playing with uh, manual settings, obviously, you know, your aperture, your, your, uh, your shutter speed, your ISO and composition and just kind of like learning as I, as I went and yeah. uh, I, I feel that uh, that you know I I've gotten better than obviously since when I started, but sure, yeah. it's uh like I said it's a huge passion of mine and I love taking photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the first time I learned to blur the background. The first time I got a good lens that had like a like a one point eight aperture, right? Which yeah, is not like yeah. I mean that's great, but it's no, not, it's, it's pretty know. fast. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fast. And uh, and the first time I learned to blur the background, where where I got the real good like like bokeh balls in the background, the bokeh, yeah, yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. Whoa, like what is this? It was that's like it. a game You're changer. Hooked. Yeah, hooked. <laughs> hooked and i and yeah, I, yeah, same thing i started with a, a crappy camera like i'm not i'm an amateur photographer i don't you know i've never been paid for it i'm not good at it i wouldn't call myself good at it but i like taking pictures and mm-hmm. uh just like you like hands-on i bought like a the cheapest nikon that they had at the time and then i stepped mm-hmm. up to a i don't know what it is the d7100 i think i got and, okay and that's a great camera and i bought i have two only two prime lenses now i have a 50 and a 35 and that's they, they do need. the trick. Yeah, that's all you need, yeah, right? That's all you I need. sold yeah. all my other lenses. I had a I had a 50 or a I think it was an 85 to 200 zoom. I got rid of that. Okay. So, you know, yeah. just there's no need for it. You know what I mean? If you right, have a couple right. of good two or three good prime lenses, you know, it's all Exactly. Takes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and to me, prime lenses are are 
and, you know, I mean, so people talk about sharpness. I mean, nowadays, obviously, the the zoom lenses have come a long way. Also, like have, uh, yeah. you you get some really good prime like sharpness on on, on yeah. some of these seventy to two hundred or whatever lenses. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's just the, the the form factor of a prime lens is much smaller. Yeah, I and, love and it. I like I like I like uh, you know working from a shot. Like I like to actually step in on the you know closer to the subject yeah. or yeah. step back with a with a zoom. Obviously, you. You have the luxury of standing in one place and zoom in and zoom out, but it just you kind of lose a little bit of that kind of like in the moment type of yeah. okay, I get I gotta get close. You know, it's, yeah. I, I prefer that. I prefer that much much more. Yeah, zoom. The first time I saw a YouTube video where they said zoom with your legs, I thought what a <laughs> what a concept. You know what I mean? Because yep. I was I had bought that zoom lens and I couldn't get it sharp, and that's how actually how I found out about this. Um, you know, using the prime lens and just getting closer to the subject. Exactly. I always thought, oh, to get close, you just get a zoom lens and then it's way better. No, it's not. The no, prime no, lens no, is not, the best. not really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and 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 like like a lot of people, a lot of photographers say, like if you're not close enough to your subject, your photo is not really that good. Yeah. But you have to you have to get you know, it, 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 you got to get personal with 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 what you're trying to photograph. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, if you're shooting landscapes or stuff like that, then you know, yeah, whatever, that's, that's a different thing. Yeah. But I, I'm more of a. Uh, Kind of like a well, I've always been fascinated with street photography. I've mm-hmm. always thought it was, you know, a, a good way to um, showcasing like you know your city or yeah. like, the people, yeah. and, and I, I like that kind of like personal connection with with photographs. So mm-hmm. I, I that's another thing that I, I'm passionate about, like doing a lot of street photography. Yeah, I was wondering um, about that. I was going to ask you like how often you're getting out to shoot street photography these days. I know like. Yeah. A bit yeah. weird with COVID, but I mean, like, right. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, not a whole lot. Uh, basically, because you know, I try to. We try to limit our, our uh, how many times we go out of the house. You know, just to run errands and basically like, yeah, things like too. that. Sometimes we will go out to dinner and things. We, you mm-hmm. know, but for the most part, like I, I haven't been really exposed to or or try to go yeah. out there and shoot, which I I I, I kind of regret because I mean I wish I could be out there taking photographs, but unfortunately, yeah. sometimes you just got to be a little bit more cautious. But yeah. Uh, not 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 as much as I wish I mm. could, but uh, I would like to eventually, hopefully, when things get better, to go out there and start doing more mm-hmm. street, street photography stuff. Mm. Now, when did you get into Leica? How soon after getting into photography did you did you find this? Oh no, I just this, this was just you know recently last oh, yeah? year. Yeah, recently last year. Because I mean, Leicas. I've, I've always known about Leicas ever since I got mm-hmm. into photography. Like I started researching brands. Obviously, yep. Canon. Canon seemed like the, a good fit for me. I mean, it was the first camera that I picked up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, you know, as, as far as price point and yeah. and you know what you could get out of a camera like that. Oh yeah. I mean, you, that nowadays it's uh, amazing how much how much technology uh, oh. go into those cameras. And when you're learning, I mean, obviously, you want something that will help you, kind of like yeah, understanding you're, you're you're doing something completely new. And and those type of cameras, the DSLRs or mirrorless cameras nowadays, mm-hmm. like they they offer so much technology that anybody can really pick up a camera and start shooting pictures. Yeah, you know it's, what I mean? true. It's, it's true. They make it so easy. So obviously at first it was good. Um, and I've been, I've been shooting with Canon for over 10 years now. Uh, I got into, I knew about Leicas, but they were, like I said, they were ex- extremely expensive, yeah. un- unattainable to yeah. me at the time. Yeah. Obviously as you get older, your job and, you know, depending on, you know, you know, your, your yeah, income yeah. or whatever, exactly. you know, I, I got, I was lucky enough to, I, I sold all of my Canon cameras and uh, I bought a, uh, um, well, I actually started with a, a small Leica QP, which is a um, point and shoot type of thing. Yeah, yeah. A really expensive point and shoot, but yeah. uh, it's, it's, I, I, I tried that camera out because I, I, I always, I, I love, my wife and I, one of the, we don't have kids, by the way, uh, and my wife and I, one of the 
the things that we love doing is traveling when we could before COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would travel at least, you know, two or three times a year. That's that's what we love doing. Mm-hmm. And I always take a camera with me, but it was sure. always like a, a big camera with a lens. It, it was always so, sometimes I felt like it was such a pain in the ass to carry mm-hmm. that camera around and take pictures <laughs> yeah. that sometimes yeah. I wouldn't even, I, like, I just want to enjoy myself on vacation, know. you know? Yeah. But, I, but I, do, I do love photography, especially going back to the street photography. Like you go to a new place and you're like, oh man, this is great yeah. stuff that you don't, you don't see back home, you know? Obviously, where you go to New York or Chicago, you have more of a, a downtown city, yeah. and there's so much going on that you like want to capture everything. So I always wanted to have a camera with me. Right. So with uh, with the Leica camera, it, it's a small uh, camera that you can carry with you, and it's not going to like weigh you down. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, I fell in love with the 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 buns, the layout, the, the the look of the images, and I'm like, okay, I think this is probably my next step as far as, uh, you know, camera. So mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I, I sold, I also like you, I had a 7200, I had a, a 50 prime, a 35, a 24, which I've collected and I've used throughout the years. Yep. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm a, a pro photographer, but I've, I've had pro gigs that I've gotten paid for oh, nice. in the past, especially with the, the whole beer and focus thing. Yeah. 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 A lot, a lot of the stuff was paid, paid, uh, sure. paid gigs. Sure. So I, I was able to collect that and did some other personal stuff on the side and, and, you know, um, and videos and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I had a pretty good collection of lenses and cameras and then I sold everything. And I'm like, I just want to stick to, to this brand because I feel that they, they're more in tune to what I like about photography, yeah. the portability, the, the, the image quality, the, the, the fact that you, these cameras don't, you, you gotta work with these cameras. Like yeah. they're not as simple to use as, uh, like a mission or yeah, beginner is not going to want to go and pick one up and start using it. No, cause it, it's all manual. It's mm-hmm. all manual. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn the fundamentals on, 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 on photography. Yeah. Yeah. And though, even though I understood them, but like I said, I relied a lot of the technology to help me get the shot that I wanted. But mm-hmm. nowadays I had to work a lot extra harder to get the focusing right and the lighting and the composition. So it, it makes you slow down and, and, and kind of think through your your process and what you're taking a photograph as yeah. opposed to a more modern camera that basically does almost everything for you. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of how I feel way, uh, I feel about those mirrorless things too. I feel like there's so much technology in them now. It's the, the pictures almost take themselves. You know what I mean? Even with a little yeah. bit of just a little scrap of like knowledge on how to do some manual settings, you can really take mm-hmm. some amazing photographs of those mirrorless cameras. But it's like you said, it's the same reason I don't want to get rid of my my manual transmissions in my cars. You know what I mean? I, I searched high and low the last time I had to buy a car, which was just last year, for something mm-hmm. that still came in a five-speed or six-speed because everything's going away, right? Yeah. It's because I like driving. I like that manual feel, yeah. you know, that connection to the... That connection. Yeah. And I feel like these some of these new mirrorless cameras, and I really liked them when I, when I first saw them, and I thought, man, I should buy a, like a Sony, like an A7 or whatever. And, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. and then I was like, no, I want to keep my big clunky because it, you know, my D7100 because it feels more... Yeah, it's more robust, yeah, more yeah. Uh, more tactile, more workhorse. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. I gotcha. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it's it's kind of like going back to that um, comparison between amps, uh, real amps, and yeah. monitors. You know, yeah, it's they they can do it all, but are they are you you're losing some of that you know feel and nostalgia yeah. with using things that are more mechanical, more manual, more life. You know, like Absolutely. a tube. That's uh, you know you're not using just silicone balls or whatever. You're using our actual tube that blows up and powers everything up like a light bulb. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's that's basically why why I kind of like jumped into like I mean obviously the Leica stuff is super expensive mm-hmm. and uh, it, you know uh, some people might say it's like stupid to spend money on things like that. But if you fo- if you if you find deals like I said I buy 
most of the stuff that I buy is used. So yeah. if, you buy, if you find deals, you know, and you, you're passionate about it, it, make, it brings you joy. Why yeah. not, you know, do it if you can, you know? And it's experiences, man. Like you, you touched on it before. Like you, like you were saying how you would get things and you would take care of them and you'd right. be real obsessed with it and invested yeah. in it and learning how, you know, learning what they're, what it's all about. And I, I'm the exact same way. I, and I, people, awesome. people give me shit. They're like, fuck, you got a new hobby every six months or something. It feels like you're into something new, right? Or, or I get really obsessed with something for, for a year or two. And then all of a sudden I, I move on to something different, but it's like, yeah. I always tell people life is about experiences. Experiences, right? And exactly. like my wife and I also don't have kids. You know, we're older. We don't have kids, double income. We're both working. I'm going to buy things and that make me happy. Yeah. You know, I'm going to buy exactly. things that bring me joy until such time that if we do have a kid, then maybe we can put some more, obviously you're going to put more focus on that. Right. But for right, right, right now I want to live and I want to enjoy these experiences of owning uh, different uh, guitars and different. Uh, 100%. Amps, you know what I mean? A hundred percent. And it feels like you and I are in the same boat on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, you only live once, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, totally. it's, it's, it's the same, but it's, it's true. I mean, you know, you never, we don't know how much time we got in nope. the world, you know, especially now with everything that's going on. It's, uh, if you can do it and it brings you joy and you actually want to use it, it's not just going to sit there. That's right. You're just buying things yep. for buying them. Then yeah. obviously go for it. You know, if you can do it. Uh, yeah. Collecting yeah. for the sake of collecting is not, to me, that's not what I've ever been about. Like if I collect something, it's because I like to use it. And nice. I, I mean, I try to keep the things as in as nice shape as possible, but I want to be able to enjoy them too. Like I don't yeah. want, I don't want to buy a Les Paul that has to stay in the case because I'm worried that I'm oh, going to yeah. dent it and it's not going to be worth as much the next year or whatever. Right? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm the same way. I mean, at first, when I first started buying guitars, yeah, I was trying to, I will clean them every day yeah. because, you know, I was getting into it, but Nowadays, like, what's the point of having something that you like and you're, you're right. so worried about scratching it? Yep. Oh, man, I, I, I dented a little. And you're using it. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, it's part of it. Uh, yeah. and, I mean, I treat my guitars well, obviously, but I do play them really hard. And, mm -hmm. I, and, I, and I, I use the way the guitar is supposed to be made. For of course. Playing it. Of course. And I, you know, putting sweat in it. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's part of the charm. When you buy a new guitar yeah. or, or a used guitar, that, that part of the charm is is who's been playing it and what kind of wear there is, you know? Exactly, exactly. And my dad yeah. learned that lesson very late in his life. Like, he's in his 60s now, and it was only just a year or two ago that he said to me, you know, I'm buying, like, he's really into motorcycles. He loves motorcycles. Mm -hmm. I'm buying this bike, and I bought it as an investment, but I'm going to ride it because things are meant to be used. And I, and I said exactly. to him, yeah, yeah, Dad, that's products are developed and and manufactured for us to use, not, use right? not to store in a garage for 10 years and then sell for a, a two thousand dollars more than you paid for it. that's ridiculous correct I mean, yeah yeah no I, I agree with you 100 percent. okay we're coming real close to the two hour mark we're five minutes away here but i want wow. to i want to ask you about actually we're probably not because we were talking a little bit before and i was recording before um so we, we still got a little bit of time so don't feel too rushed to answer and if we go over i don't care we'll, we'll go over but um <laughs> I gotta ask you, what are you listening to these days? Are you still into the uh, into the punk? Are you listening to new punk bands? Or are you still listening to the old stuff, like kind of like in the rut that I'm in? Or what? yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I you know, obviously the channel tells you tells it all, right? I mean, the '90s punk rock, so that's 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 like my bread and butter as far as like uh, what I know and what I grew up in and and what I what I'm most passionate about in terms of the genre and the you know uh, the time of music. Yeah, uh, obviously. Punk rock was a huge influence on me growing up. Uh, I'm pretty sure you, you feel the same way. Oh, totally. Um, yep. So it was a kind of like when I discovered, you know, my first, you know, real punk bands. Uh, it, it was like a, a breath of fresh air. Um, especially, you know, obviously I had a hard time growing up and adapting, going back to uh, moving to the state from from where I used to live. 
uh, in Venezuela, which was where I was born, mm-hmm. adapting to a new new cultures, uh, new uh, uh, no friends, uh, everything. Right? It's like oh, you're yeah. learning uh, learning new language. Oh yeah. Even though I, sp- I speak a little bit of English back then, but it was n- nothing like how you know being able to communicate with somebody else, yeah, yeah, you know, properly, yeah. right? Uh, so I had a lot of uh, angst and stuff like that um, during those early teenage years mm-hmm. and adapting to to a new system. And, and I think like discovering punk rock was like probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because uh, it opened up a, a lot of doors like in music wise, like even what I'm doing now, just even though I'm playing songs that were 20 years old, I mean, it's it's so good to do it. I feel so oh. great doing it. Yeah. I enjoy it so much. And they're great uh, songs, right? Those old songs yeah, are right. still great songs. They, they they never go out of style. They're their music that still holds and will hold a hold for many years. I mean, you can just see a, a newer band kind of like adapting to that '90s style now. Yeah. I mean, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, so I obviously, yeah, uh, '90s '90s punk rock is usually what I kind of like gravitate towards still. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of bands from like the 2000s and 2010 era. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like where I, I'm, I'm stuck in. I, yeah. I was actually thinking about that question because uh, I, I know it was one of the part of the questions that you told me that we we're gonna, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, talk about. It's like, yeah, like if 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 they ask me like what new bands am I listening to, I probably won't be able to name name them because like <laughs> yeah. there's so many there's so many bands, especially like I said now with Spotify and things yeah. like that, that a song pops up. You hear, oh, this sounds great, but you forget. Maybe you forget to put it on your on your queue or yeah. your playlist or something. And then you're like, what's the name of the fucking band? I, I don't remember. I know, in the same way. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of stuck, like in in the 2010 era of newerish bands. Like uh, I know when the uh, kind of like the new wave of pop punk came out mm-hmm. in, in, around that time. I think mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you're familiar with um, what's this band? Uh, uh, my man, I said, I'm so, so bad with, with names. Oh, I know. Me too. I'm the worst. Jesus Christ. I'm the worst with that. Uh, shit. I get the, the lead the lead singer's name is Soupy. They call him Soupy. Uh, Soupy. My my my, my uh, the Wonder Years. The Wonder oh, Years. the Wonder Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. You know there you band. go. There you go. Yeah. Oh my god, that's I, a great that band. I like the Wonder Years. Amazing band. Uh, when they first came out with that that yeah. that all the, one of the first albums, it was like completely nineties kind of like yep. pop punk. You know, I'm yep. like, oh shit, this is coming back. Very you know? catchy. So, very like right melodic. Uh, great. Yeah, it's the story so far, uh, yep. bands like that, you know, yep, that yep. They, they had that kind of same energy and, and feel. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't, I forget all those names. Oh, but, me too, uh, man. I'm the worst for that. Yeah, so, so like, I, I've kind of stayed within that, you know, era of newer bands. And the newer bands that have come up, uh, I, like I said, I would, would be lying to you if I remember the names, but oh, yeah. I know there's still a scene going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another band that was really influential, I mean, I was influential because uh, at that time I wasn't really paying much attention to the genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, title fight, which is more hardcore, but yeah, they were such a great band and they hardcore, were young, but kids. still very melodic though. It's melodic, still yeah. easy to listen to. It's hardcore. That's oh, yeah. easy to listen to. Yes, correct. And and it, it was very refreshing to hear that because they had a more of a '90s kind of like grunge style, also yeah. hardcore, you know, punk uh, mixture in it. And I really like really like those that band a lot. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, I'm, I'm still kind of like stuck in that like 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong thing. with that, man. It's just the only reason I ask that is because especially the people that listen to punk that I have on the show, I always like to just see how their tastes have changed over the years. You know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I love the old punk, man. And like a lot of the newer bands too, like, but I really like the Bomb Pops. Honestly, they're like... I, I love the Bomb Pops. They they're are, they're so catchy and I think yeah. they have such a, a, a good thing going for them. They have like... Um, you know, they have the whole look with the, with the two female front women, and yes. they're, and they're so they're both great singers. They write a great tune. The, 
The melodies are awesome. The I love melodies the are melodies. awesome. Yeah. The lyrics yeah. are awesome. The drummer, mm-hmm. Josh. Oh, that drummer, Josh. Yeah, yeah. That guy's Fuck, a man. monster. That guy's I, a monster. I'm going to push real hard to get him on the show. I, I've oh, tried, that, would, that would be awesome. I've tried with the girls, but I think they're just, they're probably getting bombarded with, you know what I mean, probably. requests. And so, yeah. you know, I, but I, I would just as soon like to talk to Josh because I, I love a good drummer, man. The, and there's nothing like seeing a, a great drummer like that live. And I've seen them a lot of live videos on YouTube. Oh, nice. And yeah, he yeah, yeah. is a kick-ass No, he crushes, he's, yeah. he crushes it. He crushes yeah. it. He's, he's uh, uh, I mean, all, all, the, the whole band is, is really tight and good. Yeah. But he, I think, I feel that he's like, if, if they had a different drummer, mm-hmm. the sound would probably be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But like, he kind of like, it's a, the driving force. Of, so of solid. Whole. He hits hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the beats, the fills are great. Like everything about it is is excellent. Yeah, and I mean, not 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 to um, say that the other the other members are, no. are not contributing, but no. but, but like, I feel like always the, the drummer is such a key part on a punk rock band. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's uh, if, if your drummer is is okay. Yeah. You know, no matter if you have the best vocalist or the best guitarist, yeah. like it's it's definitely gonna mm-hmm. play an impact on the overall sound. Like oh. I, I feel, I've always I've always felt that. Hundred percent, man. And and yeah. like I I talked about this on the last two podcasts. How how much drummers are important to me in bands, and and yeah, you know, for a good reason. Especially like you said in punk, you have to have that solid drummer. Yes. So many good bands have probably fallen by the wayside because they've picked a shitty drummer or they haven't yeah. been able to find the right drummer to fit them. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But, I mean, it's uh, it, it's like the, it, and it's not just playing fast. It's no. like having a groove, having the right, you know, yep. the, the way you hit the drums. It's it's just so crucial. How what beats you write to you know to fill to fill the groove? You know what I mean for the, for the right. track? Like that yeah. all takes you know anybody can play that. Like what. Uh, What's his name? Smelly from No Effects. There calls the <laughs> the butt fuck titty fuck beat, right? The punk beat. That we, we always <laughs> yeah, call it right. the punk beat, right? Uh-huh. Um, anybody can play that fast, but it's not. Mm. It may not be good. It might be shitty, right. and they might not right, know exactly. where to throw the right fills in, or they might just play that beat for every single song, and every single song sounds the same. You know, mm-hmm. it takes a real good drummer to know how to make those songs interesting, and and I think he yeah. really nails that. Josh really nails that in that band. So I'm gonna oh, reach yeah, out yeah. to him real soon and see if I can get him on. Uh, it's good luck. Uh, that, yeah. that would be a really good oh, interview. A great interview. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, yeah we'd love to hear it. But I've but like my tastes have really changed. Like outside of the bomb pops, and and I recently, not recently, but maybe in the last couple of years, discovered um, Teenage Bottle Rocket, which I had love never never even heard of them before. I'd never encountered them at all and then all of a sudden just a couple of years ago on youtube i think it popped up and i was mm-hmm. like man this man is fucking great and like yeah, every song yeah, yeah. is funny and catchy super catchy and, yeah. yeah super yeah. fast I'm, i've covered a few of their tracks uh, yeah. uh, the same thing with the bomb pops mm-hmm. I, i've always been a, mm-hmm. like you been a huge fan yeah uh and and teenage bottle rocket have been around for quite a bit like, yeah yeah uh, oh yeah they were around I mean, back in the day and i just didn't early know 2000s and yeah. i think even before like in the n- late 90s i think uh, yeah. cody the the one of the singers was in a different band the Lilling Tanks. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, them. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, so so they've been around for a while, but yeah, the band is another b- band that was very refreshing yeah. to hear and kind of rediscovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you, like recently, a few, like probably five years ago, that I got into yeah. them. And uh, yeah, they definitely carry that uh, spirit of uh, you know Ramones mixed with like Screeching Weasel, yeah. Misfits, yeah, kind of like a, a very good you know collection of of great sound into into that's right you know the overall sound that's such a good way to put it i've never really thought about it like that but that's definitely how i feel about teenage ball rock you've kind of Mm -hmm. just summed up how i feel about them they they sort of incorporate all these sounds that i've liked from other bands and just made it their own made it their own sound but you know right but they sound like a lot of other bands that i like but not you know what i mean exactly yeah it's a it's a it's a it's like a memorable collection of of 
sounds that you yeah. know that, that you're familiar with, but like you said, with their own twist yeah. and, and that's, that makes them very special. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, that's awesome, man. Listen, we're, we're a little bit over two hours now. Um, I really appreciate you being on here, man. It's, it, this was a oh, fantastic dude. talk. Like we, oh, yes. there was no stumbling at all. We, you know, I, I love it. Very natural. Very yeah. natural. Anytime I can <laughs> talk to someone and get along this easily with them, there's, there's obviously something there. We have some kind of good connection going. So uh, I, agree. I, I hope agree. we can continue to talk. I hope we can do this yes. again one day. I would love to have you but back yes, on yes. at some point to discuss anything really, or just even just to have a chat and just catch up a bit. It would be great. That's, that's awesome, Daryl. I, I, again, I really appreciate the, uh, you know, the time you took to, to put this together and, and definitely had a really blast, a hard blast doing it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't expect it, like you said, to be so smooth and to last this long. <laughs> I, I was, that time it was mostly yeah. what, what I was afraid of. Like, Everybody, I, mean, I, I think that's the fear. I, I think most people are yeah. nervous that they're not going to be able to talk for that kind of amount of time, but it, it's easy. Yeah. It's easy to do. No, it, it, it was super, super, I mean, it went by really fast and super smooth. So I'm, I'm again, really, really humble and, and happy to, to be part of your show. Thank you, man. I really I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Hey, uh, tell everyone where they can find the stuff. I know it should be pretty uh, easy, but but <laughs> tell them it. <laughs> yeah, on YouTube, uh, the channel's called 90s Punk Rock Covers. Um, you know, like I, I, like I said, I've made over probably, I think over 100 videos now. Um, they, can, they, can, they can find me there and also on Instagram, 90s Punk Rock Covers, uh, where, where I show, showcase a lot more of the photography side and, mm-hmm. and product photography side of things. Uh, and yeah, so they can, they can reach me out there. And then if they want to request a song, that's where they would do it through too, basically through... Yeah, you can you can drop a comment on on one of my videos, or you can actually uh, send me an email. The email is linked on on the uh, on the webpage uh, on YouTube, uh, 90spunkrecovers at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, that's yeah, that's probably the best way to to send a, a request. Awesome, awesome. Thank you very much, man. Don't go away. I'm going to do a little wrap up here, and then I want to talk to you a little bit more before we hang up. Okay. Um, awesome. Thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of the I Got Asked podcast. This is episode 13 with Sam. How do you say your last name again, Sam? Cavero? Cavero? Cavero. Cavero or Cavero? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, if you guys like what you heard, I say this every episode. If you like what you heard, share it any way that you can. Tell your friends. Um, I'm not going to tell you where to find the podcast if you're listening to it. I, I just hear a lot of podcasts telling people, hey, uh, we know we're on Spotify. We're on this. Well, fuck, if you're listening to the podcast, you, you've obviously found it through some type of streaming service. So <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where to find it. It's out there. If you're listening, you know where it is. But tell your friends. Share it. Hit the like button. Uh, subscribe to me wherever you listen. Rate me wherever you listen, especially on Apple Podcasts. That would be very much appreciated if you could do that. And if you have ideas for guests or if you want to be a guest, send me an email on um, igapodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we can talk about uh, if you're in a band or if you have something cool going on, let me know. And I would love to talk to you. Um, Other than that, thanks a lot, guys. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode.